And welcome back to the Exotic Pet Collective. My name is Richard. Thank you so much for joining me again. I've got a very exciting guest today. Uh, some some wild stuff has been happening in the tarantula and invert hobby. And this guest was on the forefront of uh, just, just some really cool uh, exposure. And, and I'm really excited to talk to her and for you guys to either meet her for the first time or just, uh, you know, learn about this in this really cool story that she's got um, and, and just about her in general. So, uh, but before we get that to that aspect, before we get to the heart of the podcast, I do want to uh, just kind of give you a few announcements. Um, on July 23rd and 24th, I will be at the Tri-State Exotic Animal Expo and uh, Oddities, or I'm sorry, Wonders Oddities Expo. That's <laughs> a, a long name, but they're going to be at the West Virginia State Penitentiary. It's an old haunted penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia. That's July 23rd through 24th. And uh, so if you want to come out, there's going to be all kinds of reptiles, amphibians, tarantulas, uh, also, you know, like skulls and, and taxidermy and shrunken heads. And there'll even be like psychics and tarot card readers or a uh, paranormal podcast will be recording. There's just a lot of cool oddity stuff and a lot of cool exam- exotic animal things. So uh, if you're in the area, come out to Moundsville, West Virginia at the uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary uh, for the uh, Tri-State Exotic Animal Expo. Then on August 2nd and 3rd, I will be right outside Minneapolis, Minnesota at Snake Discovery. Uh, August 2nd, we'll just, just, they'll have the entire store closed down and we'll be recording doing the uh, Enclosure Build-Off Challenge. So there'll be me and nine other YouTubers um, and we'll, we'll be doing that all day Tuesday. But then on August 3rd, they're going to open up the store. Uh, a lot of the YouTubers are going to be sticking around and we'll just kind of be like filming some videos at the shop as well as doing meet and greets and just kind of hanging out, getting to know each other, getting to know anybody that stops in. So if you're in the Minneapolis area or want to make the trip, that's August 3rd at Snake Discovery. And then August 26th through 28th, I will be in Orlando, Florida with over 100 other uh, animal YouTubers and TikTokers, Instagram uh, influencers, even some TV personalities. Uh, Anybody that creates content for animals, there's over 100 creators, maybe more by the time this actually happens. And it's at the uh, Carib Royale Resort in Orlando, Florida. It's Animal Con USA. There won't be any live animal sales there. Uh, it's essentially just uh, kind of like Comic Con, but uh, for or like Video Con, if you're familiar with Video Con for YouTube. Just a bunch of creators getting around, uh, each other hanging out. Uh, anybody from the public can come. Uh, and there'll just be like Q&A panels, discussion panels, uh, talk about all kinds of different topics. Everything from like how to take care of uh, specific species of animals, uh, about you know researching them in the wild, but also stuff about like you know, creating content for YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. So there's all kinds of interesting uh, uh, conversations and panels and discussions that'll be going on. There'll also be meet and greets. I'll be hanging out there with Tarantula Cat, Alex from Tarantula Haven, Mikey from Ants Canada, uh, Petco from Dark Den, a bunch of other creators. So if you're in the Orlando area or want to hop on a plane, I think uh, it's like $100 for like a round trip ticket, at least from like Pittsburgh to uh orlando and back so you know usually orlando's got some pretty cheap flights so if you want to come just go to uh, animalconusa.com for uh, information on tickets and lodging and all that kind of stuff um or if you just want more information in general so that's animalconusa.com and uh before we uh we introduce the guest today uh, i just want to break real quick give a quick shout out to the sponsor of today's podcast and that is arthropod ambassadors now if you're not familiar with them They take a unique look at our tiny neighbors that wear their bones on their skin. They aim to spark interest in bugs and support the well-being of arthropods in our backyard and around the world. They're spreading this educational inspiration through arthropod art, the mobile bug zoo, informational YouTube videos, and invertebrate hobby networking. They also work with edible insects, specimen preservation, pest management, and beekeeping. 
From compost-enhancing roly-polies and alien-like top predator mantises to the honeybee alchemist we partnered with long ago, arthropods come in all shapes and sizes and are waiting to teach us more about the earth that we all have in common. If you're interested in becoming more familiar with mantises, jumping spiders, assassin bugs, roaches, or a variety of other critters, head over to arthropodambassadors.com and check out their content on which species they have available. You can also find a collection of videos covering nature walks, pet mantises, resin art, and other invertebrates on their YouTube channel, also called Arthropod Ambassadors. And you can follow them on Instagram to stay updated on new educational content or species that they may have available in the future. So a huge thanks to Arthropod Ambassadors for sponsoring this podcast, and I will leave a link down below in the show notes so you can check out their website and all their other social media. And thanks again, Arthropod Ambassadors, for sponsoring this podcast. And let's just get into the show. We got uh, an amazing guest. She is, uh, you, you may know her by Shanae. That's her name. Uh, it's probably not what you know her by. You probably know her by her handle online, and that is Slightly Venomous. Uh, I think I first came across her on uh, TikTok, and from there started following her on Instagram. And then from there, found out she had a YouTube video, uh, channel and was started watching some of her videos. And actually, I got together. I was hired by Tarantula Cribs a while ago to film a, uh, a, a commercial, like a social media commercial for their treehouse enclosures. And I you know, filmed the whole thing with the script, uh, filmed it, edited it together, did the voiceover myself, and I like modified my voice, pitched it up, add some other effects, try and make it sound like a cute little spider. And it just sounded creepy. It sounded like an alien or something. And uh, I didn't like it very much when I submitted it uh, for to Tarantula Cribs for their approval. I don't think they liked it either. They were nice about it, but they were kind of like, that voice kind of sounds creepy. So I was like, I, I need to hire a voiceover actress to do the voice for this poor spider because uh, I'm, I'm really butchering it. So I uh, wanted to practice what I preach. I'm always uh, talking on these podcasts about how we should support each other in the tarantula or in the exotic pet hobby. Um, you know, so like uh, dealers and people that make enclosures, they, they should hire photographers that are in the tarantula hobby or videographers or, you know, advertise on uh, the platforms of different content creators, try to keep that money flowing around inside the hobby. So I didn't want to just go to Fiverr and hire some random stranger. And when I started going, you know, scrolling through TikTok and, and, and Instagram and trying to figure out who would be best. Of top of the list, the first name that came to mind was Slightly Venomous. And I'm going to share with you real quick the uh, commercial we recorded before I bring her on, just in case you haven't seen it. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do. I think she did an amazing job doing it. So let me see if I can uh, get this up here for you real quick. It, it was it was fun, um, and I hope she enjoyed doing it. We'll find out in a little bit. Uh, but if you're not familiar with this uh, with this commercial, I will show it to you right now. jumping spider who deserves a beautiful home. That's why I'm glad my human friend got me a Tarantula Cribs Treehouse Enclosure made from thick, crystal clear acrylic with plenty of cross ventilation and a sliding front door that magnetically locks. My new home keeps me safe inside with plenty of room to jump around while providing me the ability to easily see the world around me. It comes with either a clear or solid white background and is available in three different sizes. So it's perfect for all my juvenile and adult cousins as well. If you want to show your jumping spider friend how much you truly appreciate them, upgrade their home to a Tarantula Cribs Treehouse Enclosure and give them the house of their dreams. Very, very 
very good. She she did a very good job. Um, I just took myself out of the podcast. Okay, very very good. She did a, a very good job. Uh, I was definitely impressed and thought she did. A, I, I thought she did. She nailed it as well. Did the uh, the uh, consumer? I just say tarantula cribs. They they really liked it. They uh, they gave the approval and it has been running online. So that if, if, in case you didn't know, that was Sinead. That was slightly venomous. Um, for those that aren't familiar with her, she uh, is, makes videos, makes content about tarantulas and beetles. Uh, you know, pretty brown recluse spiders. Says she even has some leeches, which is kind of creepy. But you know. It, so we're spiders, I guess. So I can understand. Uh, not my cup of tea, but I understand why people would find them fascinating. Uh, so pretty much any kind of misunderstood animals, she creates content about them. Uh, she loves to share animals with other people and help them to understand that even the creepiest crawlies deserve respect. She was recently featured on America's Got Talent, where she shared a variety of cockroaches with the celebrity judges Simon Cow, Sophia Vergara, which is probably not how she pronounces that, and Heidi Klum. So please welcome to the show for the first time, my friend Shanae, slightly venomous. Hi. Hello, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so we, uh, before we uh, we get start talking about America's Got Talent, because I'm sure that's what yes. everybody wants to hear about. I've, uh, <laughs> you know, I've, since you posted, you posted like a teaser on Instagram. I saw uh, uh -huh. it was like you on the stage. And I remember yeah. looking at it. I was talking to Tarantula Cat, actually, in, in like a private chat. And we were debating whether or not that was Photoshopped or not. I was like, really? maybe she's like, you know, maybe she's like teasing some video or something and Photoshopped her in there or something there. I'm not that good at Photoshop. <laughs> and she's like, I don't think she'd do that. I don't think she'd pull a Coyote Peterson. Because it was like right after, I don't know if you follow Coyote Peterson, but he put out some instagram post about made it sound like he found a bigfoot skull in canada and smuggled oh. it through customs and people were getting really upset like oh he's he's uh clickbaiting and and lying essentially mm. you know she's like cat was like i don't think she would do that and i was like you're probably right uh so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens and and it was cool you were you were on there but before we get to that uh it, i would like to know uh and i'm sure people listening would like to know just kind of how your journey began like what was your first invertebrate or exotic pet and how did that lead to creating content yeah so it actually started for me in a really specific instance i was always an animal lover growing up i loved animals always had like dogs and cats and i had a hamster but i didn't really know about exotic animals or know that it was even an option to have them until one day I went to the Natural History Museum in Los Angeles and I actually went into the museum. I was just browsing around and I see that there's like this extra exhibit you can go in. It's like eight bucks and it's like a spider exhibit. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like you probably like walk in and, you know, you see some enclosures with some, some different spiders and that, you know, cool. Yeah. I'm at the museum, eight bucks. Let's do it. So I, you know, get my ticket as I'm getting ready to enter this spider exhibit, I find out that it's essentially a big greenhouse with those huge like Malaysian orb weaver spiders. Oh, wow. And they're just out. <laughs> There's <laughs> no enclosure. There's nothing. And this is the Natural History Museum. Like they're just in this giant greenhouse. So I'm like, do I want to do this? Like, I don't know how <laughs> I feel about this. Like, am I into it? Am I not? I don't really know. So I'm like, whatever. I bought the ticket. Let's go. So I go in and I see like I come face to face with this huge orb weaver, like the size of my hand, just like there. And I was 
fascinated. I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, how cool is that, that this exists? Like, you know, an average person, just an average girl, like I'm a huge girly girl, you know, I didn't know a lot about spiders or, you know, anything like that. So when I saw it, I was just so amazed. And the whole ride home, I'm just searching, Googling, like, what spiders can I have as pets? Like, how can I get a spider? And, um, you know, a really easy spider to get your hands on is tarantulas. And I did stumble upon exotics lair as a lot of us does. (laughs) And, um, I just, I debated for a few months over placing my first tarantula order. And, um, Finally, after months of research, I pulled the trigger and I got my first tarantulas. And that's kind of the gateway that led me down this path to where I am now. So, yeah, it all started with that specific instance. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) And uh, what kind of bridge they get? Like, when did you decide spiders are cool, but I want to start creating content about them? Um, I knew kind of from the beginning content about them because I felt such a strong like passion instantly about them and I felt so drawn to them and I had always loved content creation and it's content creators that really got me into the hobby so it's like exotic slayer and I quickly found cat and then I found you and so I just kind of um I felt so drawn to them and I just loved the content that they were creating and you guys were creating about them and I knew I wanted to contribute to that and be a part of that so I just after after like a year or so of being yeah. really like shy and nervous and like being scared to even announce that I had tarantulas because I, d- I thought it was like, maybe people would think I was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled the trigger and I started making content and now I will never turn back. <laughs> nice. And just to like kind of rectify my memory of the situation, did you, where did you first start making content? I started on, well, I had an Instagram, so I teased a little, like I posted a little bit of content on there. But I would say I first did TikTok. Okay. I think TikTok and TikTok and YouTube started around the same time. Gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't sure because I, I felt like I first saw you on uh, TikTok. But yeah, my memory is so screwed these days. Sometimes <laughs> it's hard to tell. But yeah, so uh, you, you were making content for TikTok. You uh, got a good following on Instagram. You got your YouTube channel going. And I can actually... Just for those watching on uh, YouTube, if I'll have all of our links or, you know, uh, screen names uh, kind of scrolling along the bottom if you want to give her a follow. Uh, if you're just listening to the podcast, I'll be sure to link all those social medias down below in the show notes or in the description. So definitely go give her a follow. Check out her content. Got some very cool stuff. And it's like, like she said, it's not just tarantulas. She got oh, all kinds no, of cool stuff. I have stuff. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I have everything you could ever imagine. I've got cool beetles. Like he said, I have leeches, which is something there's not a ton of content about. I just picked up some really cool camel spiders. Um, I have everything your heart desires. <laughs> <laughs> <That is laughs> Centipedes. Cool. So what would you say is, is your main focus uh, when it comes to content creation? Are you, are you mainly focused on like TikTok, Instagram, Reels, photos, YouTube? 
Um, I like YouTube the best. It's my favorite platform, I'd say, um, because I like sitting down and just like really feeling like I, I, I feel like with YouTubers, you really build a connection with the YouTubers that you like. And I really enjoy that aspect of the platform. So I'd say YouTube is my favorite. I don't have the biggest following on YouTube. I have a bigger following on TikTok, but there's just something about YouTube that I find really personal and I really enjoy about that. But TikTok is fun too. It's just the little short videos, you know, it's less connection that you build to, with each other, you know, between the followers and the content creators. I feel like you get to create more of like a bond on YouTube. So yeah, yeah I, I like uh, YouTube a lot myself. That's my yeah. favorite place, but you know, it, it I just, I, and part of that's just because I, I just can't kind of figure out TikTok. I can't just, I can't seem to <laughs> connect with an audience there for some reason. I'm not you know, sure. With TikTok, the less you try, the better it works, I find. Like, I'll just post, like, the silliest little snippets, and they do really well. It's like the more production value you, the harder you try, the less it works. <laughs> I think you're onto something there. Yeah, <laughs> so it I seems swear. The, the, just the... do a little experiment and post a couple <laughs> just, like, random little snippets and tell me if you if I'm right. Yeah, I, I'm sure you are. I, I will definitely try <laughs> that out. But it's it's one of those, like... I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe it's arrogance, but I'm like, I don't want to put out content that it's not as good as it can be. You know what I mean? Like I would, and I'm not even like, as far as YouTube's concerned, I don't produce as high a quality content as I want to. So it's like, I'm constantly trying and, and just the thought of grabbing my phone and just holding it and filming something and posting it, just like it, something in my mind, just, it drives me crazy. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> well, yes, you I, are known for your high quality content. But so I, I I, everything is amazing that you make. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I got to stop. People keep saying stuff like that on the podcast. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm afraid people can listen to me like, the only reason he asked people on the podcast is so they can say nice things about him. <laughs> no, no. He did not tell me to say any of that, by the way. It's all <laughs> genuine. <laughs> all right. So what I'm kind of interested in is how you went from creating content uh, online to getting involved with uh, a nationwide international TV show like America's Got Talent. Like, how did that even begin? Well, um, it started with, I was always a fan of America's Got Talent. Oh, you can see my cat in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> um, I always was a fan of America's Got Talent and I love watching audition episodes so much. It's like my favorite part of the show, just seeing like the unique people and what they bring to the table and just how there's so many different interesting people out there who just have crazy talents. And I thought, you know, why not? try to see if I can use the platform of America's Got Talent to introduce the invert keeping hobby to the world. Because I think that this stuff is just so interesting. And I think that what we're doing is just so fun. And the more people that find it, it just, I feel like it just brings so much joy to people. And I just find that you know, it's so fun to introduce people to these animals, especially animals like, you know, creepy crawlies, like cockroaches that people are really scared of. And I feel like it really just kind of like liberates them to uh, be exposed to these animals and release their fears of them and things like that. So I kind of put this little plan together to, you know, try to audition for America's Got Talent with my pets and see how far we can make it. Because I figure, you know, worst case scenario, it might make some interesting television. Best case scenario, you know, maybe we could 
create an act that is actually, you know, worthwhile. Mm -hmm. So I figured that cockroaches would be the best because they're not very sensitive. Everyone said that I should have brought a tarantula on, but as we all know, tarantulas are very fragile and to risk, you know, to put them up on that stage, like if they bolt, it's like, it could be a really bad time. You know, it's like, I have to take into account safety for the animal, safety for myself, safety for the judges and the audience. So for me, I figured cockroaches were going to be the best route to take with that because they're very hardy, very durable, and they are likely to move somewhat. Right. And and I know from my own experience, you get a lot of noise going on, you know, with the crowd screaming and the music and all the lights and movement and vibrations. Tarantulas aren't going to do anything. They're going to, they're going to curl up into a little stress ball and just stay still. Exactly. And at the end of the day, I'm, I, you know, my animals are like my babies and I don't want to put them in a situation that's going to be harmful for them. So cockroaches it was, but I just kind of, it was just kind of this plan, this experiment that I just did to see, you know, what will happen. And I, you know, there are many rounds of auditioning leading up to the live show. So I not only had to audition for the executives and the producers and the casting agents, you know, to get to in front of the live judges. So apparently they also agreed with me that it was going to make pretty good television. So it all just kind of fell together. And it was just, it was amazing. I, I had no idea when I did the first, just a zoom audition sitting right here in front of my animals. I had no idea that it was going to make it this far. So <laughs> that's kind of how it happened. So you, you're you already out in California and I'm assuming this was filmed in uh, Los LA. Angeles. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what was that? So, so you auditioned on Zoom first yes. and you got passed on to the next round. And so you yes. had to travel to LA to like, did you audition in front of people or was it right straight in front of a camera? Well, for the first uh, rounds of audition, we're all on Zoom. So leading up to the live audition in front of the celebrity judges and the audience, which the audience is real. There is uh, thousands of people sitting in the audience. Um, So leading up to that, I had only been on Zoom. Um, there it's very meticulous planning as they plan for your act. So, you know, they had to find out what I needed and I had to have like the right size table and the tablecloth. And I remember the tablecloth was a really big thing. Cause yeah. we, when, when we practiced, we had a black tablecloth and then like they realized the camera wasn't picking up the roaches. And so they were, everyone was going, we need a tablecloth. We need a tan tablecloth. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but um, but it was uh, so leading up to that, I had only been seen on Zoom, but I had done three Zoom auditions leading up to the live taping. But the yeah. live taping, it's exactly what it looks like. Like it's a huge, huge audience, thousands of people in. Um, it's at the Pasadena Convention Center. It's just packed. Yeah, it's amazing. And then I was actually right in front of the judges' table, which was a bit intimidating. So. I'm actually right there with my roaches, right in front of Simon Cowell, Heidi Klum, Sophia. Like I'm, I was right in their faces with my roaches. It all, it's exactly what it looks like. There's no like, it's it's a bit, it's intimidating for sure yeah. going on there. The taping and the cameras and there's cameras everywhere and cameramen with the huge rigging and you know the so it's full production value. 
So that was, I'm just there with my cockroaches, just surrounded by all these talented people. Like, do I deserve to be here? (laughs) The imposter syndrome kicks in. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. So did you get to meet them? Like, did you meet the judges beforehand? Or is like the first time you're talking to them is on stage in front of thousands of people and millions of people on camera? Yep. Yeah, that's my first introduction to them. I I got to talk a little bit to Terry Crews, who's the host behind the stage, but I did not reveal to him what I had. So no one knew what animal I was bringing until I actually popped them out of the enclosure. So the judges didn't know. uh, Terry Crews didn't know. A lot of the the crew didn't know. So um, I walk out, you'll see if you watch it, I walk out with this little box and um, they ask me, oh, what do you have in the box? I'm like, oh, it's an animal you've never seen before. And um, it's funny because they cut that part, but Simon says, I know what it is. It's an eel. (laughs) And I said, yep, it's an eel. And then Sophia goes, don't eels need water? And I said, eels need water <laughs> but they cut that out so. oh <laughs> but i know i was like i thought that was funny but yeah so it was cool because they didn't no one knew that i was going to be popping roaches out of my little container until the music starts and i walk down from the stage and i just start taking out the roaches one by one and that's when the <laughs> screaming starts so yeah <laughs> it was weird watching it um because you you posted it's going to air uh i think I, I missed it. I was power washing the house and like realized, <laughs> oh, it's nine o'clock. I missed her on America's Got Talent, but it was like up on Hulu the next day or maybe I yes. watched it on YouTube or something. So I, I checked it out um, and it seemed like initially we, the audience turned on you immediately. They were like, oh, yeah. oh boo. And, and they were mm-hmm. not happy. But then by the end, they, they seemed to support you, which I thought was kind of cool, but I don't know how yeah. it was in person, but it seemed like they were um, back in Simon there. It was, I mean, it's very difficult to, I understand that, you know, it's like, it's controversy, you want it um, for television. So I'm not upset that they got, you know, they booed and stuff, of course, but the judges reacted so strongly. So it kind of like triggered the audience to react as well. But I think they kind of realized that they were being a little harsh, like even the judges realized that after they were, you know, did the exes and they're booing and freaking out. And Sophia got a shoe, which I was kind of like, okay, Sophia, we don't need to get a shoe out. Like yeah. the whole point is that I'm here to show you that they're not so bad. But um, I think that it, it was definitely a bit hard to take all of that in. But I think the judges and the audience both realized that they were a little harsh on me, that like I was just here to have fun. And they kind of lightened up. And by the time the judges kind of their feedback was more like, oh, they just didn't do enough for me, which I totally understand because it was the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, cockroaches are sleeping. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the middle of the day and I had been transporting them between two containers and they had been in that small container because they pulled us to go to the stage. Um, so they had been in that small container for some, like maybe like an hour and a half or so. And it was the middle of the day and it was just like, they weren't really up to moving <laughs> very right. much. So, you know, you can't blame the cockroaches. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I think... It, they were a little harsh, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's television. Yeah. Trying to get <laughs> nocturnal animals to move around during the day can be very difficult. It's a bit <laughs> tricky. And I feel like a lot of times these Hollywood producers and showrunners and stuff don't really understand invertebrates at all. 
No, but you know, what made me really happy was that a lot of the crew told me that they, I, they thought I was one of the most respectful animal handlers they had, that they had most of the animal handlers behind the stage would be very harsh on their animals, be setting really high expectations, um, be, um, you know, like not so nice to their animals when they didn't perform the way they wanted. And they were just like, wow, you're so like the way you're just, you respect the animals and you're so like, you don't care if they do it right or wrong and you're not mad at them. I'm like, no, I'm not mad at them. Like, you know, it's, it's their animals. Like I can't be mad at them. Like I can't expect them to do anything. Like they're just doing their thing. So that made me really happy that they felt that the crew like noticed that I was like really respectful to my animals. That's awesome. You set a good example. That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what we have to do. That's what we're here for. Yeah. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, uh, some twice, two or three times now, I've uh, been reached out for some, by some, uh, producers from, uh, Fox TV doing something similar to what you did. It's like mm-hmm. stupid pet trick kind of like competition. Uh-huh. Um, and and they've had me audition with jumping spiders. They've had me audition with tarantulas. Uh, I think even one with a snake. And it, they always are like, well, make it do a trick. And you like train it to jump on command. I'm like, it's a no, I cannot do that. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think this is going to work out. So when I saw you doing that, I was like, you're much braver than me. Cause I was like, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. Like you guys have these expectations that I'm going to be able to, to, tr- you know, train this tarantula to jump on command on tv in front of a live studio audience people being i was like that's not gonna happen uh maybe you should find somebody else so i was like (laughs) she's she's brave like i would have done that (laughs) but you had like these uh yeah you had this whole kind of obstacle course built for your brooches did you build that yourself Mm -hmm. did you buy it like where'd that come from well, some of the stuff I built for myself, like I had some little toilet paper rolls that I used um, like metallic tape. My mom does like hula hooping tricks. So she has all this cool tape that she uses for her hula hoops. So I wrapped up toilet paper rolls in that and I made a little tiny hoop and I wrapped it with the tape for them to jump through. And then the remainder of the obstacles were actually hamster toys. <laughs> Okay. I was wondering about that because it was like a a little kind of like teeter-totter seesaw thing and a little house. (laughs) Yeah, I had to assemble them. So I did that. But yeah, they're hamster toys. Perfect for cockroach shows. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a cool, it was a cool, I mean, the roaches didn't seem to really want to participate very much, but they were like, you you, uh, encouraged them to go up their stairs and stuff. It was, uh, it was very interesting. And, you're, Thank and you. the coolest thing is like, you got your name out there to millions of people. Have you seen any kind of like uh, just surge in followers on TikTok or Instagram or anything like that since it aired? No, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I noticed they plugged me as like with my full name, which is Shanae Kloss. That's my full name. Like I'm not trying to hide it or anything, but they didn't tag me as slightly venomous. So I think people didn't really know where to go. So that was kind of a bummer. Like I went on to a couple of the YouTube videos and just posted like, Hey, this is me. If you want to see more content, you know, this is who I am. And I went on and like tagged one of my YouTube videos with like my full name. So hopefully people will be able to find me now, but no, I really haven't gotten much of a surge of following, but that's okay. Like I, the, the intention was more to just like show the world what, you know, 
hobbyists, invert hobbyists do, like what we like, what we, who we are, and just that we are normal people and that we are, I mean, how normal are we? You know, we're not normal, but you know, just showing that like we're, we're people and we like these things. And, you know, there are so many people that love roaches and tarantulas and spiders and scorpions and all this stuff. Like it's just, there, there's a ton of us out there. And I just wanted to show the world or America, like that we, are here and <laughs> that we're doing cool, cool things. So yeah. it's not about me and about me getting the following. Like that's fine. You know, if I, I probably gained a couple and I'm grateful and I appreciate them. So, I mean, right. you know, it's not about that. And it's still early. I mean, it just aired this week, right? Or, exactly. Exactly. There's, and you never week. know what can come of it. Like, I mean, I'm here on this podcast right now. So that is super exciting. And just <laughs> the support that I got from the community was really, really amazing. Like just a lot of people reached out like, you know, Arthropod Ambassadors, the sponsor, they were really (laughs) helpful. They reached out, they were really nice and like encouraging to me because I've got a ton of roaches from them. So they're like, Oh, you're, you're a roach customer. (laughs) So that was (laughs) the roaches are famous now. (laughs) Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, do it. I, I remember when I first, started my youtube channel i was following these guys on youtube who only create content about making youtube channels essentially like they kind of yeah. you know walk you through all the uh you know all the steps to getting it set up and how to do thumbnails and titles and i got a really good piece of advice from one of the guys uh, i'll sh- shout him out is uh nick nimmin i think was the channel uh, and he does a really good some really good uh information on on youtube and one of the things he said is you never know what piece of content might go viral like you could have a mm-hmm. hundred subscribers or you could have a million subscribers, but you know, you never know uh, that one video that's for whatever reason is going to get picked up by the algorithm, really connect with people. And you want to, you know, especially when you're small, you want to build your channel when you have a hundred subscribers, as if you had a million subscribers, as if mm-hmm. the next video could go viral. Cause if, if, if you, if you don't have everything set up, you could miss that opportunity, you know? So it was like, you know, make sure that you've got your website, you've got your banner, you've got all your information in the about section, you've got your YouTube and your Instagram and your TikTok and your Twitter and everything's all kind of linked together. And, you know, so that way, if, if one video goes viral, even if it's like not on YouTube, but for whatever reason, it goes viral on Facebook or something, people could click it or they could search for it. And all of your social media will already be integrated into like the, the Google analytics algorithm. So like, it'll be very easily accessible. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's a shame that they didn't use slightly venomous anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, but you know, it's about, it's, I'm just, I'm going to do what I'm going to make my content regardless because see, the thing is, is that like, if you give me the time of day, I will talk to you about this stuff nonstop anyways. So it's like, I think my coworkers and my family are tired of hearing me just constantly talk about bugs. So now I have the YouTube so I can just do it and talk out loud. And if anyone follows, if anyone likes it, fabulous, you know, but if (laughs) if no one likes it, if I put out a video and, you know, no one, I I rehouse my, you know, Black Widow and no one watches it. I'm like, well, I was going to rehouse her anyways. And I'm, if one person watched along and enjoyed, then fantastic you know like it's my hobby and i'm gonna share it and do it anyways so you know it's like if you do what you love you never work a day in your life or whatever (laughs) (laughs) 
that's kind of how I started on YouTube was just like, I'm just going to make videos that I want to make. And if they connect with people, if they help them, that's cool. Uh, unfortunately exactly. over time, especially like since I started relying on that for income, spend a lot more time trying to figure out beforehand what people want yeah. and try to make videos that are going to do well. But when it comes to like the podcast, like we're recording right now, I record with the assumption nobody's going to listen. You know, like exactly, maybe yeah. a handful of there's people are going to listen. Me. Sorry, if I'm moving around and there's a fly. That's okay. <laughs> but I kind of had a rude awakening this week. I, I, I uh, just recently released a podcast with Nate, who's also out uh -huh. in LA oh, yes, from Micro Wilderness. Yeah. Yes. And we went off on some tangents on that podcast, talking about one thing uh -huh. or another. And a lot of time, I mean, it's just a conversation that we're having. And I, I don't know, my short-term memory sucks. So sometimes like I'll have a conversation. I'll even go back a week later and edit it and, and upload it, but not remember what all was said. And people start like sending me messages of talking about, Oh, I didn't know you were in Kodiak, Alaska. It's like, how the heck did you know I was in Kodiak, Alaska? <laughs> like, you talked about it on the podcast. I'm like, what was I talking about on an invertebrate <laughs> podcast that that came up? Like, I don't remember mentioning that at all. You know, so it's like creepy things like that. People are telling me personal information about myself. And I'm like, where did you hear this? <laughs> like you, so it's like, it's, it's sometimes it's to my own detriment. <laughs> Say oh. things. Maybe I shouldn't have put that out there. And, but it's because I, I just, I do this assuming no one's going to listen. And sometimes nobody listens, maybe a hundred people listen, but other times tens of thousands of people are listening. So exactly. it, it's hard to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. You never know. And exactly. If you just do something that it's like, you're, you're going to do it anyways, or you're passionate and like you enjoy it, then you've gained something out of it. And if two people gain something else out of it, that's fantastic. That's amazing. That's yeah. two people that wouldn't have seen it before. And now they, they took their time out of their day to consume your content. So it's like, I'm grateful for every single person. It's like numbers are numbers. And, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, we, any of us would like to, you know, go big and get a viral video and, you know, start making a bunch of money. But at the end of the day, it's just like, that's what I love about the invert community is that people are just so passionate about what they do. And, I feel like it just adds so much to like all the content creators that create about these type of animals are just so genuine. And that's what I love about it. That's what like really drew me to the community. So yeah, yeah. we're grateful for every single follower we get. Definitely. And unfortunately when it comes to the podcast, I am much more selfish than, than you are about the content <laughs> creation. It, cause, cause honestly, I, I really, I'm not doing this to make money. In fact, doing the podcast costs me money. And I don't really care if anybody listens or not, but it's, uh, -huh. uh it's mainly just my way of meeting people and, and having conversations because exactly. I'm not very good at talking to people, even like at expos and stuff. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I just, my personality, I'm not very outgoing and more introverted than extroverted. So I'll just stand on the wall, like leaning up against the wall for <laughs> hours. And if somebody comes up and talks to me, I, I might talk to them, but this is a, gives me the ability to like actually meet people and have, you know, create friendships or at least talk to somebody for a couple hours a week. You know, that's not a, this doesn't have eight legs because my tarantulas <laughs> do not talk back. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Or, I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised, but people would be surprised how many times you're asked things like, do you play with your tarantulas? And do you, do you hang out with them? I'm like, yeah, I do talk to them, but they certainly don't talk back. Like you don't play with them. They're not like playful animals. So yeah. no, I know what you mean. Yeah. I spend <laughs> a lot of time talking to things with exoskeletons. So, yeah. you know, it's fine. <laughs>
Well, it's it's weird because when I was in college, when I got my first tarantula, I played, well, I not so much played with it, but I when I would study, I would let it out of its enclosure and just kind of let it crawl around on my chest and stuff. I'm like uh-huh. laying on the couch, sleeping, not sleeping, uh, reading, studying. Uh, uh-huh. and, but that was more just to kind of freak out my roommate. <laughs> I had a college yeah. roommate and if he opened up the door to the, because it was a tiny dorm room with two of us in there and two beds and he'd see that spider out and just turn around and walk back out. So it was like, <laughs> that was kind of my way. But, you know, I remember going to the pet shop uh, because my tarantula hadn't eaten in a while. So I put it in a critter keeper, brought it back to the pet store. I got it. And was like talking to the guy and he was explaining to me, well, it may be in pre-molt. And I was like, well, let me pull it out and let you see it. He like freeze like, whoa, you touched that. <laughs> like, oh gosh. Yeah. He's like, I wouldn't be handling that. It could bite you. And I was like, yeah. really? I mean, I've had it for like a year and hasn't done anything. <laughs> but yeah. So he kind of like put that fear of God in me. But then, you know, I, I started discovering more things online, you know, like finding mm-hmm. arachnoboards and stuff like that. And was like, oh, okay, this isn't nearly as scary as that guy made me feel like it was initially exactly yeah i think like the whole handling not handling controversy is you know more geared towards the safety of the the tarantula you know because it's like if it bites you you know people everyone thinks they're going to be tough and strong if you get bitten but imagine you know if you're holding it and it bites you you have to not react and i mean i've never been bitten by a tarantula i actually got bit by my velvet spider Really, <laughs> And that's my only spider that's bit me. But it was like, it was so funny because I think it was like, it must have been an accident because I was just holding my velvet spider. I was actually making a TikTok and I was holding it and I felt like this little scrape and I was like, what was that? And then all of a sudden I felt the little things like, oh no, <laughs> bite. and I was like, I was like, excuse me. <laughs> But it was so weird because it wasn't, I'm like, I don't know what the motivation was there. Like, because <laughs> it was just sitting there and it just like bit me. And I'm yeah. like, oh, what, what? I thought we were just, you know, vibing here. Guess not. But <laughs> this thing I'm so, on is alive. I wonder if it tastes good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was just like testing me out to see if I was in fact food. Like, oh, this might be a giant mealworm. Like, I'll just try it out. Yeah. It was like the funniest thing. But yeah, nothing bad came of it. I didn't get any um I just got like a teeny, teeny bit of itching, but like right. nothing crazy. So um yeah, that's my one my one bite. <laughs> my one cool. spider bite. I have yet to that be I've bitten. taken. Maybe one day it'll happen, but I've had a few close calls from doing something oh, stupid, yeah? but never have yet to be bitten by anything. So Okay. Uh, knock on wood, which I don't have any around me. So we'll just bad luck. <laughs> so So you I'm uh, sitting on wood. So I'll knock on the wood for you. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my desk was wood and I'm like, "Oh, this is probably not wood at all. This is like metal and <laughs> Some weird plastic countertop thing. I don't Uh-oh. even know. It's okay. I got it for you. And then Not everything else wood. is bricks and glass <laughs> and steel. <laughs> we won't jinx you. We won't get you bitten for. Uh, but hey, it would make a good video. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> got my first tarantula bite. <laughs> so if you, you make it. You can shout me out. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. So you are making content, uh, and and like I don't want to like get political or anything like that but i know just from watching uh you know some people's reels on tiktok i mean on on instagram and and some people's tiktoks females in in general uh uh-huh. uh they that there seems to be this oh i don't even know how to like this this masculine culture that sometimes 
is very critical of female content creators in the invertebrate mm-hmm. or in the snake space. Have, have you experienced anything like that? Like just hate from random people for no other reason than being a female in the hobby? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's it's a real thing that happens is that there's a lot of people who think that women who like anything that's male dominated are doing it like for attention or something, which is so silly because like us women in the hobby, like, it's like, why would I spend all my money on all of these animals and spend all my time on them if I didn't truly love them? Like, why would I be doing that? Like, if I went that far out of my way for attention, then I got another thing coming. <laughs> but yeah, I have noticed some of that. Um, I'm lucky that I haven't experienced a lot of hate, but just like simple things that like, if you wear a dress, they'll be like, oh, you're trying to get attention. It's like, no, I just, I'm a girly girl and I really like wearing dresses, you yeah. know, like. And I'm also, I also have tarantulas. Like it doesn't mean anything (laughs) other than that I like wearing dresses and I like tarantulas, you know? So I think that it's lightening up. I noticed, I know it was like really serious that there was a lot of misogynistic issues going on with, um, you know, females in the hobbies, but I think it's lightening up. I think that they're starting to realize that it's like, it's not just a masculine thing. You know, it's something that a lot of us enjoy. And it's like, we are putting so much effort, so much time, so much money into this that we must truly like it. (laughs) So, so yeah, a little bit here and there, but you know, and people say, one of the things that does really bother me though, is like when I post up the roaches and especially it's the roaches, people say that like, I must have something wrong with me to like them that I must have some type of like I must be unhinged or you know have some issue because I'm a woman who like has cockroaches so I've noticed a little bit of that but I just hope that you know we're slowly changing people's minds as they see how much we really love these things I mean that's the best we can do yeah I know I've said this before as well but you know I get I I as a male creator, I don't have women in my comments, you know, chastising me for creating content because I'm a man, exactly. but I have some female content creators that I, you know, they send me screenshots of comments that people leave or messages that they get. Some of them are like, you know, just very sexually exploitative. Some are just misogynist and, and just nasty and mean. And it's like, essentially mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I, I know one of them sent me a, a screenshot that, you know, some guy like, was just railing on them because they were wearing a tank top. Like you're only wearing that tank top to get views. And like, no, it's July. It's freaking hot. <laughs> like yeah, that's why I'm wearing hot. a tank top. And if I want to wear a tank top, let me wear a tank top. Like exactly. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just but one yeah, of those yeah. things that it it seems defeating, self-defeating to to attack content creators within your own hobby or your own niche for no other reason than their gender or, you know, how, how they look or what, you know what I mean? Like it's, if somebody's out there doing something harmful, and has given everybody a bad name, then yeah, speak up about that. But just because you don't appreciate, you know, the way somebody looks or, you know, what sex they are, that, that seems like a ridiculous reason to go attacking them. But, you know, that's, that's you just think. my point. Of view. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I mean, yeah. there's gatekeeping yeah, I mean, in any hobby, you know, I mean, I get crap all the time true. from the old, I don't want to say old guys, cause they're probably not much older than me, but there's some, you know, but they're probably 10, 20 years older than me. And they're just like, Oh, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I bring that up quite frequently. I am not an expert. I don't breed. I don't have a degree. Like I'm just researching stuff online and repeating it back to you guys or just sharing my own experiences. Like that, that's it. I'm not exactly. publishing scientific papers here. So don't hold me up to that standard. 
I know. Yeah, it's, it does get, I do notice that there's some uh, gatekeeping and especially in the Facebook groups, you know, it happens where people who try to ask like beginner questions get like chastised for it, which is unfortunate because it's like, if someone wants to get into the hobby and they're asking the questions, you know, we should be here to answer it for them and help them become better keepers rather than, you know, putting them down for asking a question. So, you know, I noticed that, that there's like some gatekeeping towards like beginners in the hobby, but we were all beginners at some point. And it's like, you know, someone, people will ask you silly questions like, Oh, I got my tarantula. Can I keep it in a fishbowl? And you know, you want to be like, no, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to be like, okay, let me help you out. You know, maybe a fishbowl isn't the best thing to do, you know, or maybe don't put a sponge in the water dish, you know, like, you know, like be nice about it. Just, oh, you know, maybe take the sponge out of the water dish. You know, you don't need that. Like it's just harboring bacteria, you know, like maybe yeah. just, you know, pop it out. You don't need it. Like you're fine. You're fine though. You know, right. it's like, I, I do notice some of that, but I noticed that in the content creation and like end of things, I feel like people are, are a little more um, respectful from what I've seen. I think so you feel like <laughs> from my experience, other content creators are more respectful to content creators. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just because yeah. like, you know what you're going through and you know, it's like, of course there's going to be negativity. Like I recently got like, Someone commented something that like, it made me like feel kind of bad, but in in a weird way, someone said that they didn't like that I called my animals a collection because they indicated that I thought of them as inanimate objects and I didn't care about them. And that like kind of hurt my feelings (laughs) because I was like, oh my God, like that made me feel really bad because, and they didn't say it in like the nicest way either. They weren't like, oh, hey, you know, I kind of don't like that you, um, you know, call them that is maybe, you know, you could think of something better to call them. They were just like, wow, I can't believe you just consider your live animals a collection. Like, I thought you actually cared about them. And that like really, (laughs) like, dabbed me in the heart because I was like, these are my, this is like, I love them, you know, like, they mean so much to me. And so it's sometimes it's the little things that affect you. And I'm like, for some reason that one got to me. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like hate. <laughs> it wasn't like necessarily hate, but it's like, it's more like when they're indicating that you don't care about your animals. Like that's, that's what's hard <laughs> to right. take in for me. I, when I people like, yeah, yeah. Some, I get that comment a lot. Like, how dare you call them a collection? Like they're living yeah. animals. I'm like, okay. Uh, or sometimes I'll refer to them as a specimen. And like, that is your pet. You shouldn't call them a specimen. I'm like, like, but but that's the term that you use. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, that's a scientific term. And like, that's technically what it is. Like you're a specimen too, you know? Exactly. Like we're all specimens. Like it's fine. One person was like, you're you're dehumanizing your tarantulas. I'm like, they're not humans, dude. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you want. (laughs) Maybe you should have said you're de-tarantulizing your tarantulas. That would have made more sense, but. Yeah, I, I don't understand where you're coming from there. But yeah, I, I get yeah. that a lot. In, in fact, I've gotten that don't refer to them as a collection thing. Like they're not license plates or silver spoons or chocolates. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so okay. But I, I did find out, I did some research, and a group of tarantulas is called a cluster, I think. Uh, that okay. was one thing you can refer to them as, or a clutter. So it's like, a clutter. I got a clutter <laughs> of tarantulas. My tarantula clutter. <laughs> 
perfect. Yeah. I think we should officially change it <laughs> to officially just call our collections clutters. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look behind me, it looks a little cluttered right now. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I have a lot going on. I'm like, what do I even have down here? I've got, like, things I'm working on. And things. Yeah. I, my, I have some roach molts here. I have <laughs> some camel spiders I just unboxed. It's always chaos, you know, yeah. when you're a keeper. There's always something going on. Yeah, if you, like, look behind me right now. Over here, you can see I got a bunch of tarantula cribs enclosures just laying on the floor. Oh, and gosh. There's nothing in them. I mean, some of them are set up, but there's like, there's no live animals in them. It's just, <laughs> I, I've been filming, uh, doing some photography, product photography for tarantula cribs and filming a few, uh, uh, not, not so much commercials, just like footage for their social media. Uh, like yeah. They hired me to, to do some filming stuff that they could use for reels and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love tarantula cribs. They're like the first company <laughs> that took a chance on me. So oh, yeah? I appreciate them. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. I, I just like made a video um, on my own. Just, I like purchased stuff from them and I made my own video just like reviewing them and they saw it and they actually like talked to me and that made me really happy because they were, yeah, like the first company that took a chance on me as a creator. So I really yeah. respect them. I really like them. So shout, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you helped me with that. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you helped me with that commercial that I, I did for them. Yes. That was so fun. It's so funny. Cause like I do, one of my things I do is acting. So to be like reached out and to like be able to combine, um, acting with my hobby was so fun. It's like, I've done it a couple times. I'm actually working on a short film in a couple weeks that I'm going to be supplying bugs for. We're going to be using bugs in a short film. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily just bugs. Okay. There will be okay. arachnids too. <laughs> people, that's another thing that people will come for you if you ever so much as indicate that, you know, spiders or bugs, you know, they'll, right. they'll come for you. So just so everyone knows, I know. But, um, so yeah, getting to combine like the hobby and the, the um acting is so fun i was so i was so honored to do that <laughs> that's very exciting yeah it was so fun i mean can you talk about it at all or is it like hush hush while it's in production? no um it's i can definitely talk about it it's every year there's a, a film festival called the 48 hour film project and it's so fun so basically you have 48 hours to create a film and and submit it so they give you, um, it's on a, starts on a Friday evening. They give you like the, your genre you have to do. And then they give you some key things you have to include in the film. And then you have 48 hours to turn in a film. And last year we actually did a 3d film using my bugs. And that was really fun. We used cockroaches and a mantis and a vinegaroon actually, um, we used them for a 3D film, which was amazing and so fun to work with other actors with like, cause I had them holding the cockroaches. So it was so fun to work with the actors and like get them used to handling the cockroaches. That was so cool. And so we're doing another one, another 48 hour film project that was last year. So it's been a year. And mm -hmm. so we're doing a really cool post-apocalyptic theme for our film. And so we'll be using bugs in the film. So I'm going to get to use them with the actors, get the actors used to the bugs. And I just, it's just, it's so fun for me to combine those things and just teaching them how to safely handle the animals. And, you know, some animals will be handled as others will not. Like I already talked with the director of photography and I let them know that um, if I bring like tarantulas and scorpions on set, they will not be handled. They can be used for 
like moving shot, like shots only where they're like, you know, walking or, you know, as opposed to cockroaches can be yeah. handled non-venomous animals. Like, you know, the vinegaroon can be handled. I just got a new tailless whip scorpion who is huge, who I'm going to be bringing and probably the camel spiders. So it's just so fun to combine. Like I would love to bring the centipede out too, but he is so fast, you know? Yeah. They're crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Getting plunging into the centipede life was, uh, it's a plunge. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a whole nother level of, of excitement <laughs> and anxiety. So are these movies Seriously. available for people to like watch on YouTube or stream it on a website or anything like that? Yeah. So the first film is available to watch. I can send you a link to include if you want. Sure. Um, there, so there is a link to watch that one. It's in 3D. So if you don't have 3D glasses, it's not going to look super cool. But <laughs> And then <laughs> this one will be available... Um, at the end of August, this next film will be available. So, um, keep an eye on like the social media if you want to see that film. Okay, cool. And you'll, you'll post links on your social media as well. Which... Yes, I will. Yes. Yeah. So keep an eye on, if you want to see when that post-apoc- post-apocalyptic bug film, they, they had talked about like maybe making the cockroaches like look huge, like they're <laughs> attacking us and stuff. So, so yeah, stay tuned if you, uh, you know, go ahead and, and follow if you want to see that when that film comes out. That is awesome. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, yeah it should be really fun. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was fun bringing you on that project just because it was uh, it was such. I mean, I think I sent you the original version. It was like just a. <laughs> I think I can, I can even kind of do it with my voice right now. I don't know <laughs> if it'll yeah, let me. That was but it. it was it was something like that, and I was like, this is not cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, it just sounds creepy. <laughs> so I was glad that, that you were willing to come on and, and do that. And, uh, yeah, you did a great job. So like it was awesome. Thank you so and, much. Uh, yeah, it Cribs so loved it. Fun. He was like, uh, he, he asked me, uh, where I hired the actress and I was like, you know, her <laughs> it's, it's slightly venomous. <laughs> yeah, sure do. <laughs> it was, it is funny. Cause I named the spider after my granddaughter, Rosie. And every Aww. like she likes watching that that little short video <laughs> just uh-huh. because the spider's also named Rosie. And as Aww. soon as it says like, "Hi, my name is Rosie," she's like, "No, I'm Rosie." Oh, <laughs> starts cute. arguing. Oh, uh, that's it's adorable. adorable. I love yeah. that. Yeah, she is cute. But yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun, and uh, so I think that fun. went well. And hopefully, we can you know work together in the future doing something like oh, that. Oh yes, that anytime awesome. you need a little. Feminine, high-pitched voice. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to voice any spiders or, you know, uh, scorpions or, you know, I can voice them. I can be a mantis, you know, (laughs) whatever you need. (laughs) Yeah. There is a uh, a YouTube channel I love and I can't remember the name of it because it's like an old YouTube channel, you know, like back before. YouTube was really big. People just use like a, a screen name, like it just like a, you know, they're, they're like a gamer tag or something. Like oh that. yeah. And it's like Frank something. Oh one. Or I, man, I wish I could remember. I should probably look it up. If I want to shout okay. it out. I should at least get it right. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it's, he does a lot of videos on just different animals. Um, uh-huh. and some of them are, are pretty, uh, strange, you know, uh, I'm talking as I am scrolling through YouTube. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I have one to of know these who videos. this is. I must know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's cool because he mixes like very heavy scientific information with comedy. So, I mean, okay. I, I guess one of the reasons I really like it is maybe it's Z Frank. Could that be it? 
I don't know. We'll just huh. search that oh, real man. quick. <laughs> like it has, it has, yeah, Z Frank one. Z, Z, Z Frank one. one. Yeah. Okay. I have to look that up. I'm yeah, so I'm going to share it on the screen for anybody that's like watching. Um, I just got to figure out how to do that. But it's, it's, it's cool because I mean, he, he does some spiders. He does some, um, yeah, I, there's one on a beaver. They did one on the ogre face spider, uh, pigs, octopus. Um, yeah, I, I try to remember what else is. It's got a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, but here, okay. here's uh, here's his his website or his YouTube channel. Yeah, let's see. There you go, Frank. Okay, Z Frank one got Z almost one. four million subscribers. <laughs> it's, oh wow, uh, it's pretty okay. crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I can sh- like play any of this without it causing problems as far as copyright, but maybe we'll do a, oh. a little bit. Um, let's see. There you can was... do 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and technically we're, we're talking about it. So I guess that would be fair use as long as we're not just, um, you know, just showing Yeah, it. you're shouting it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, but it looks like when you scroll back, like he was just kind of doing comedy stuff, like just like, yeah. you know. And then did one video kind of doing like a nature documentary, true facts. That's what they're all like. True facts about the fruit bat. True facts about. Oh, the, the, true facts. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it was really, it's interesting. And in, in he like, he sources all of his uh, videos and stuff from different scientists. So sometimes it's not the best quality or they're really old. Um, but yeah, it's, always, it's like part nature documentary, part, you know, just, it's just funny. It's just funny stuff. I, I wish I could check that out. Yeah. I wish I could find the one I could, I could search it. Like that's all I got to do. There was one on the ogre face. There it is. It's right in front of me. The ogre this face. This is button. Margaret. Margaret is in the genus Deinopis in the spider family Deinopidae. In Greek, Deinopis roughly translates to fearful appearance, and therefore Margaret is often referred to as an ogre-faced spider. From (laughs) Margaret's perspective, however, the creature that gave her that name is a friggin' terrifying giant with teeth the size of her face. She gave him the name Stick Bastard Quad. In any case, you've probably noticed Margaret's eyes right above those two little cute nostrils. Oh, crap, no. Those are also eyes. She has eight (laughs) eyes in total, but the posterior median eyes are giant, the largest of any spider. In photographic terms, these two compound lenses have the equivalent of an F number of 0.58. If you don't speak, nerd, that means dang, they see good. Even more impressive, each evening... So yeah, he's he's got some interesting stuff. Oh my gosh, I have to watch this guy. Yeah, I love it. funny. Oh my gosh, Margaret. Margaret was pretty cute. I like Margaret. You have one of those, right? I did. It did not live long. It's one of those spiders that has a uh, short shelf life. Um, Yeah. I mean, they don't live long in general, but they also don't live long in captivity. I I had ordered two of them. Uh, one arrived DOA, you know, it was like, oh, it, yeah. it, I, and I took some pictures of it. As soon as I got it, I was like, it, it looked like it's abdomen had ruptured during shipping Ooh, um, yeah. because they, uh, I, I don't I, I never really had any other spiders do this, but both of these specimens did. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're in, you know, like the little dram vials or it may have been like a really small plastic deli cup or something like that. But, you know, they're wrapped in paper towels. And for whatever reason, both of them found a way to kind of like get, out of their little entombed kind of oh, safe no. and they're like wedged themselves in between the side of the enclosure that they're shipped in and the paper towel. Oh no. So oh, yeah, it looked like one of them had uh, taken a bad bump and it, it you know, it ruptured its abdomen. So I, I laid that one out on a piece of cork and 
took some macro photos of it and stuff like that. Uh, the other one was doing well. I put it in its enclosure and essentially was waiting for it to, you know, kind of build its web and, and get that nest, that, um, what's, what's the, the net, net, the little yeah. scrabby net. Yeah. So it like it built its <laughs> web, it was suspended, but it wasn't, it wasn't producing its net. And I, you know, I dropped in a few crickets and it, it ate one of them. So I guess while I was sleeping, it built its net, captured it, ate it. Uh, and then, you know, didn't build another, but I was wanting to get some cool slow motion footage of it, you know, hunting mm -hmm. and oh. I just kept waiting and kept waiting. And then one day I came down to check on it and it had just, it was just on the floor dead curled up. And I was like, Oh, and I talked to a couple other guys I knew that were keeping them and they were like, yeah, you know, I ordered five and only one of them still alive. And it's like, they're oh, just kind of like those camel spiders. Like they just, they're really cool, but they just don't do well in captivity. It's, it's hard. I know. Yeah. I just got some, so I'm hoping they're going to, I'm hoping they're going to make it to be in that film that I talked about, but yeah. yeah, it's crazy how they just don't, they don't really thrive in captivity. I heard uh, one tip I heard is to put them in their refrigerator at night. Have you heard that? Net casting spiders or camel spiders? The camel spiders. No, I've never heard that. To one. put them in the refrigerator at night because the temps, like the desert temps, yeah, drop at night. So I might try that with like one of them and see how that does. Apparently, they have a very high metabolism. Yeah, so that, that affects them. I got so one. So I might at, try that. Yeah, I picked one up at NARBC oh, years ago, um, and it was like one of those. It was a total impulse buy. I was, I got some tarantulas. I think we even got a snake or something. I went to one table. And was doing one of those things that I tell people not to do. Like they were, they weren't an invert dealer. They were a, a, a reptile dealer and they had like uh -huh. a little section of invertebrates. They had a few vingaroons, a few tailed whip scorpions, a few basic tarantulas. And they had, well, they, they had them labeled as sun spiders, but yeah, they okay. were just, you know, the, the camel spiders. And there was like three or four of them that they had available and there, you know, there, everything was, they had some centipedes, you know, but it was like, okay. it was pretty obvious with the exception of the tarantulas, everything seemed like it was wild caught. And because okay. they were full grown and they were inexpensive and I, I really wanted, I was like, I can make a cool video with one of these camel spiders. So I, I got it and like the guy I was buying it from, like he, he recognized me, but I mean, I think at the time I had like maybe a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Okay. You know what I mean? It was like the first NARBC I went to and, um, but, but he recognized me and helped me pick out the one that looked the healthiest, but they're all pretty lethargic, but it was also mm -hmm. the middle of the day. So I was like, maybe they're just you know, not very active because it's not nighttime or whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, like, and probably cold in the exhibit hall. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had it back in the hotel room for a day and it just seemed to get more and more lethargic. And then I get it home, I get it set up in an enclosure and I had reached out to a few people and they were like, you know, you want to keep them warm and dry. So I found the warmest spot kind of near a heat lamp for one of the reptiles. And, and I was like, this is going to be a perfect spot. And then it was like a couple of days later, it just wasn't moving at all. And I was like, oh. yeah, it, it couldn't even have been my husbandry that quick. You know what I mean? Like it was already <laughs> yeah. not doing well and mm -hmm. you know, it just never bounced back. It was unfortunate. And since then I've never gotten one because as I was talking about it, so many people were like, yeah, they're so difficult to keep in captivity and super. Yeah. And I saw a tarantula cat had gotten a few, one of like one of the black ones. And the I, black <laughs> ones are so yeah. cool. I was so oh, jealous. I saw one like, for sale at a local reptile shop, but it's like the price was so high for something that probably wasn't going to live. So I don't know if they're like valued at that price, but it was pretty high. And I was just like, Oh man, like I wanted it so bad, but I'm like, you can't do that. Like you can't justify spending on something that's not going to make it like, 
uh, it was such a hard decision. I was like, yeah. put your money back, put your money back, <laughs> save it, save it. Like right. you need food. You need to feed yourself and your animals <laughs> that you have. Like, <laughs> Yep. I feel you there. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like, uh, I, this is just a lesson I've learned over and over again since I've been doing this. Like if you get a true spider or what species like of an invertebrate that doesn't do well in captivity, you got to make the content immediately because there's no exactly. guarantee that it's going to last a day or a week or a month. And, you know, like I screwed up with the net casting spider I, that I just kept waiting on the ogre face spider to do something cool that I wanted to film. And I should have just been filming it from the first day and just got some cool footage of it moving around. And so I dropped the ball there. Same with the camel spider. I, I waited for it to bounce back before filming it. And it didn't oh. do it. But then the opposite's also true. Cause I, I had got a, a package years ago from I don't even remember who it was just, you know, it was like some random dealer was like, Hey, can I send you a box of tarantulas to uh, unbox in the video? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. And opened it up. And one of the things they had included was a death stalker scorpion, which I wasn't oh. really prepared for, but was kind of excited to get. But I, I knew as soon as I opened it up, like that's that scorpion does not look healthy. <laughs> you know, it's like one oh, of its no. claws were, you know, it's pincher was all kind of like in this weird angle and, it was dragging itself a little bit and it, it, I can't remember the name, not mitosis, but it, it, it had some, essentially there, you got to keep them very dry and it looked uh -huh. like it had been in a humid in, environment for too long. And that can, uh -huh. you know, cause a lot of problems for them and get some weird mold or something growing on their exoskeleton and it, you know, pretty much you just got to dry them out and hope they molt before they die and yeah did not work unfortunately no oh bummer and i have not bought one since just because i don't want to deal with <laughs> the backlash for my wife for no other i mean i have some hot scorpions but none of them with a name like death stalker it's like that's just yeah inviting an <laughs> argument <laughs> i know yeah that's definitely like uh People always ask me, like, how venomous of uh, of an animal, like, would you get? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not trying to get, like, that red India scorpion or anything, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a delicate balance and just, like, knowing which animals you handle and which you don't. And, you know, it's like, I feel like we have the respect for the animals that they require. But it is kind of scary that, like, I went to a, a bug fair at the natural history museum recently and it, i was kind of surprised of like the animals they had some spicy animals available like at a place where it's not like designed for invert people so i was a little bit surprised to see like centipedes and um things like that i was like oh my gosh should we be selling that here because you know <laughs> imagine if someone just picks up a centipede and they don't know you know how dangerous they can be uh, I feel like, you know, it should come with a warning because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I was a little surprised to see just like centipedes and venomous, yeah. <laughs> venomous things just out there for people to purchase. It's like maybe get like, you know, a mantis or something, something friendly and for, you know, you know starting why, out. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important <laughs> that people buy from reputable dealers because I feel like a reputable dealer possibly wouldn't have they would know their audience. You know what I mean? Like they would yeah. know this, the people coming here aren't uh, highly experienced. So I'm not going to put the hottest species out on the table. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And maybe keep them behind the table. And then if someone comes up and they're like, Oh my God, I'm, I love keeping these animals. Then you can whip out the hot yeah. centipedes. Or at the very least, even if they're on the table, they have the knowledge to inform somebody like, Hey, this is really fast. Yeah. It's venomous. It's defensive. You might want to have some experience beforehand, you know, taking care of this species. 
And, you know, and I'm not saying that you have to have experience before keeping an old world tarantula or anything. I mean, I know plenty oh, of people no. that got one as their first tarantula and they're doing fine, but yeah. it does help to kind of have, you know, a respect for them and an understanding. And, uh, and in my experience, I've noticed that it's always the people that don't know a lot about tarantulas that are out. Like I went to a small, I mean, like small reptile expo, maybe. I paid five dollars to get in the door, and there was maybe ten vendors in there. You know what I mean? It was like oh, a wow. okay, in a, like a, not in a shelter, but like you know, like a, you go to like a park, like a city park, and they have like uh-huh. a building that okay, they like rent a out. Yeah. center. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it wasn't even big enough to be a gym, you know, but it was it was like a room you could rent to like have a wedding reception or you know a meeting of some sort and a birthday party, you know, and they just had like uh-huh. tables are all around the edge and different dealers. And I am like, I, we were driving for, I was visiting my mom, I believe. So my wife and I were driving. It's like a four hour drive. We stopped to get gas halfway. And I saw these signs, you know, like they go to those little, like, I don't remember bandit signs. I think it's what they're called. Like the, the, they advertise when, you know, vote for me type of signs, you know? Okay. Yeah. And it said reptile expo. And I was like, Oh, we should go check it out. And she was a, hes- a little hesitant, but it was like, come on, we've been <laughs> driving. I'm tired. We got time. And we walked in. We're like immediately regretted it. Like, Oh, that was a waste oh, of no. 10 bucks. <laughs> you know, like There's nothing in here. And we walked oh. around and a lot of reptiles and stuff like that. One table had a, uh, a full grown female, Lossiodora Pariabana. You know, Salmon Peak Bird Eater, massive, uh-huh. massive tarantula in like a 10-gallon aquarium, maybe, maybe an inch and a half of substrate. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. definitely was not kept well. Had a couple of bark, pieces of bark in there, uh, you know, an incandescent light bulb on top of it oh, going okay. down. And the poor thing had like webbed up the entire place because it was just like, I want to burrow and there's no substrate for me oh, to burrow into. Yeah, it's like, get me away from that light. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, uh, they were selling it like enclosure and all. And uh-huh. it was, you know, like, Perfect. but it was like 300 bucks. I'm like, I oh, want to save this spider, but I don't want to pay yeah. that much. And then they had, uh, other like, you know, little, you know, deli cups with tarantulas in them. And, uh, and it, all it said was starburst tarantula. And I was like, Oh, what species is this? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, like it's a starburst tarantula. And I'm like, well, there's a lot, you know, at least three or four that could be. And, uh, yeah. I was like, and the guy was just like, well, I mean, you take a look. And I looked and I, and I was like trying to look through the deli cup, but it was very opaque. So I couldn't quite make it out. And he just grabbed it, opened it up. It was a toga starburst. I was like, Oh, oh dude, You're like, that is <laughs> don't point that at me. That thing is fast and venomous. <laughs> and then it, so they had like, yeah, they had some toga starburst and they had some OBTs and like, that was oh, it. Perfect. They knew nothing about them. They were selling them for like 10 bucks a piece oh, to anybody oh, with 10 okay. bucks. So I'm like, you should be warning people before you just yeah, put that on them. Like now I'm just going to, but then you see, like, I saw there was this one viral um, TikTok going around and it wasn't even an old world. I think it was something like a curly hair or something. And the person was like unboxing it and it bolted and they just drop it and like knock over the whole enclosure. I'm just like, oh, my God, like we shouldn't do this. Yeah, we it's... shouldn't. The, the, <laughs> like. It wasn't even a fast tarantula. So imagine like someone opening up their brand new OBT they got for 10 bucks and they're like, wow, let's open it up. And then suddenly the OBT is on the ceiling and threat posing them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that's the downside of things being super available. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so frustrating. It it seems, I mean, like you're making content for TikTok. I'm making content. Uh, A lot of other people are. And it seems it's always the person that's not in the hobby at all, has no experience with tarantulas or invertebrates, and 
picks one up at a pet store just for the sole purpose of making a TikTok and like freaking out about it. Those are the ones that go viral. Those are the ones that millions of people see. Nothing that's representing the hobby in a good light or educating people. That That's Seriously. not what goes viral. Yeah, there was that one that I was talking about where it runs out of the enclosure and they drop everything. And then there's that one where that girl was holding it and it like starts walking and then just bolts. And she's like, ah. I'm like, oh God, like, yeah. this is not what we need. <laughs> like, so we don't need this. We don't claim this person. Like, <laughs> Right. And then there's stuff like that that's out there. Millions of people are seeing it. They're making a mint off of that content. I I just released a video on uh, top 10 intermediate species. And on that Mm -hmm. list was the H gigas and the OBT. And Uh just because of the situation that is around filming tarantulas, you know, I've got a little over here onto my, to my left, I've got like a little stage that I kind of built and put them on there. But there's, when you're filming macro photography and you want a really good depth of field, you got to have a pretty high aperture. So, you know, it's not just so shallow. You can only see, you know, like a uh-huh. couple millimeters of its leg in focus. So you need a whole lot of light and those don't, those species don't like light, you know, oh, they don't like no. being a new. So just, I mean, I, I have, I get them out of the enclosure. I have them in a little deli cup. I safely move them over, you know, very slowly kind of open it up and introduce them, let them sit there for a while start slowly turning the lights up and stuff like that. But once the lights are full power and that camera starts moving towards them, they immediately kind of like freak, you know, sometimes Uh the tarantulas will try to run and hide somewhere dark. Other times they'll just immediately throw up a threat pose. So I got some like cool footage of those two specimens, you know, given some pretty, pretty upset (laughs) threat poses, but I mean, it looked cool. It wasn't like I was poking and prodding them and trying to get them upset. It's just, bright lights and new environment and a big black camera like moving towards them. And that's just how they reacted. And some guy just was tearing me a new one on Twitter about how terrible I am to my tarantulas. And I'm like uh, upsetting them and getting them to give threat poses for fun. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about, dude. And if if, if you're upset about that, (laughs) yeah, if you're upset about that, there are a lot of people out. You could go that are, are intentionally doing that, that you can go rip Mm -hmm. a new one. Like, I'm just filming yeah. the spiders doing what they're doing. Like if you're upset that I took them out of an enclosure, like then I just, I don't have time to talk to you because now you're just being ridiculous. Yeah. I saw a girl put, uh, it was either a Brachypalma Hamori or a Smithy in her mouth oh for a gosh. TikTok. And I was just like, first of all, you're just asking for a very itchy mouth. Second of all, why? <laughs> just yeah i'm like don't put tarantulas (laughs) in your mouth guys just don't do it you know (laughs) like that can't be fun for the person or the spider like i I just don't understand it and with the way cgi is and all these like cool apps it's like you don't even need to do that anymore just download the filter and open your mouth and it'll crawl out (laughs) like there is literally a filter that'll do that and Yeah. yeah she was like she's like i better get likes for this you know like i had to put a tarantula in my mouth i'm like ah yeah, uh, <laughs> my my like, least favorite are, and it, it's not as egregious as those, but it's the people that will have like three or four different specimens on one arm, like kind of hanging oh. onto their arm, or they'll be on the table, and it's like that could end very badly, very quickly. You've got like a a red knee, a curly hair, and a greedy sapphire. Like one oh. of them just gets a little startled, <laughs> could very easily pounce on one of the other species, and just start eating them like yeah and then goodbye to your tarantula yeah like i why are you doing that yeah 
Yeah, some people just that's like the downside of social media is like you can post whatever you want. So it's like, you know, those of us that are out here trying to be like, you know, really careful with our animals, and then people will be like, Oh, put the tarantula on your face. And I'm like, No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> I don't like I'm not down for that. Like cockroach maybe, but <laughs> right. Oh, I do a lot of uh like top ten videos. And uh-huh. for the most part, it's just like, there's no scientific basis to it. It's 100% yeah. my opinion. Like these are the top 10 red tarantulas that I think look the coolest or, mm-hmm. you know, in my experience, these are the most defensive or the most docile, you know, it's like, there's no, uh, you know, there, there's just, I, there's no scientific method to it at all. It's just my opinion, 100%. And, uh, I did one recently on top 10 venomous spiders in the world. And that one, uh-huh. I was like, I don't, it, that needs to have some basis other than just my opinion. And yeah. when I'm doing ones like that, you know, I do do research. I, you know, I read some papers, I read other, um, you know, articles and stuff like that. Try to get an idea of what the general consensus is and make a list and, and, you know, cite some, some sources and stuff like that. So I can go back and look and things of that nature. But it's also, there's also like that, that YouTube algorithm kind of like you want to, you don't want to just do, I don't want to say the same thing that everybody else is saying, you know, you exactly, kind of mix it up yeah. a little bit, make it interesting yeah. and kind of like, you know, uh, a little bit of outrage, like throw, throw a species in there at number nine or 10 that nobody is going to agree with or something like that. Just so they get upset with you and like, yeah. what an idiot. I can't, if he thinks <laughs> this is number nine, I can't imagine what number one is. And then they end up watching the whole video, you yeah, know, so leave a nice <laughs> comment, which boosts you in the algorithm. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's mainly what it is, is, is throw one in there just so people will go into the comments and argue about that one and, and get, yeah. get that li- nice little boost. So like for the top 10, uh, most defensive tarantulas I threw in and it wasn't like, it wasn't that it was just like, I just was a hundred percent lying. Like it was a species that in my experience, all of them that I've had and currently have are always really extremely defensive, but like compared to a lot of old world, it was a, um, the red rump tarantula. Until okay. oh, the August, like vegans. Yeah, mine. They're always just have a really bad attitude. So I think I threw that they in like number ten. <laughs> and yeah, people. No, I, I mean, I, to this I day, agree. people are still on arachnoboards. Like, well, this guy's an <laughs> idiot because he put a uh, Vogans in like the, his top ten defensive tarantulas. <laughs> and it's like, but in my experience, it is one of the most defensive tarantulas in my collection. Yeah, they're known and, for being bratty. Yeah. So yeah. But you know, people will see. They'll they they can read and they can, they can listen, but they don't always hear, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I say defensive and they hear venomous or something like that. Uh, yeah. Like, so it's, it's like, yeah, it's like, well, that, that one's actually, it's, you know, it's venom's pretty weak. I'm like, well, I wasn't talking about venom potency. I was yeah. just talking about attitudes. <laughs> talking about it gets like, mad. Yeah. It's a bad defensive attitude, but you know, it's, yeah. no use arguing with those people really. But so I did that and, there was some people that just got really upset with like my number 10 pick, which was kind of like, it, it was more just trying to shock people and get them interested and, and get them yeah. to leave those comments. But some of the the comments and stuff I got from those are just like, you're a detriment to the hobby. You're an embarrassment. Oh, you're giving us all a bad name. You're, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, look, I, under, I, you can feel that way. That's 100%. But if you're going to spend that time and effort criticizing me, like, there are people out there doing much worse things with tarantulas. You know, they're fighting them. They're, you know, just buying Seriously, them just yeah. to rehouse them and freak out. And, you know, it's like, well, why aren't you on their content? Because they're getting millions of views. Why aren't you, you I know, know, 
get on your soapbox there. Like, why are you coming after me? I don't understand that, but whatever. Yeah, that's the world of content. It's like you can't please everyone and someone's always going to have a problem. And, you know, it's like I posted a video about like the best non-venomous, you know, inverts to have. And people are like, well, you should be, you know, you should be okay having venomous if you're going to get inverts and da da da. I'm like, I'm just making a list. Like, (laughs) you can't please everyone (laughs) all the time, but it's like, it's hard to learn to ignore stuff like that, especially like I'm very sensitive. (laughs) So it can be hard, but you know, you just have to learn to ignore the people who are just haters for no reason. Like, you know, with America's Got Talent, like if you read the comments on the YouTube videos, they're really nasty. (laughs) And it's funny because people are like, this girl thought she had this million dollar talent. Who does she think she is? I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you take your life way too seriously. You know, like, I think you just need to like (laughs) relax, take a deep breath, unwind, you know, clearly you're, you're just a little too like, (laughs) strung and high strung here you know if you're that mad that i took cockroaches on television like just i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry that you're that mad and in a sense they were kind of doing the same thing you know what i mean like they were like like i'll throw a tarantula or a random spider in the top 10 like the 10 spot just to kind of get people interested and outraged or you know whatever they were yeah. kind of doing that with you. They're like, we got all, exactly. we're going to bring it's this like, girl with roaches necessary. on here because it's going to freak people out or upset them or it, it's going to get them engaged, you know? Exactly. And a lot of people were engaged. Like I was seeing like Twitter posts because Simon gave me a yes. And every people were outraged that Simon gave me a yes because, you know, my, my act didn't go well. So it's just funny. People are like, oh my God, Simon, I can't believe you gave her a yes. And I'm like, this is what they want. Like, this is exactly, this is the goal. And it (laughs) came true. Like you're doing exactly what was hoped for. Yeah. You're playing right into their hands, (laughs) giving them free promotion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just like, okay, you're just playing into the exact same thing. And like, if you're getting that mad over something so simple, then I don't know, like you need to just, you need to meditate. (laughs) It's definitely something I struggle with because I'm not going to say like I'm sensitive and like it, it, it hurts my feelings, but I, it, I think some of it's just my ego and like, I like to be not so much. I always have to be right, but I like to argue, like defend my position or opinion. Yeah. So somebody will say something and, and instead of just ignoring it and scrolling by, I'm like, well, there's a good reason for that. Blah, 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 blah. And I type out this long response and then half the time they're like, whoa, dude, like, I didn't mean to upset you. I didn't even think you read these comments. I'm a big fan. I'm very sorry. I upset you. And other times they want to argue back with me. And then that kind of like, it can just turn into a, uh, just a ridiculous show for, you know, anybody reading the comments. But yeah, at some point I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I arguing with somebody (laughs) that really doesn't even care? I don't even know who they are, but but in yeah. a sense, they're just adding, they're just boosting you in the algorithm. So it's yeah. funny, like when, especially on TikTok, like when, when you post something and everyone's like, oh, wow, I want to squish that spider or something, you know, I'll comment back and be like, well, that's really rude that you said that, like, this is my pet, you know? And then they'll be like, well, it shouldn't be a pet. Like you're stupid for keeping it as a pet. And I'm like, 
well, you know, I, I like it. So teach their own. And that's just boosting the video up in the algorithm. Yeah. Like that's, they're <laughs> just giving you promotion. Yeah. I'm like, keep coming, keep coming. <laughs> like, right. I think a lot of the times the haters don't realize that, like hit that dislike don't. button because yeah, it, it has they, no effect. <laughs> all, all it does boosting. is YouTube won't recommend that type of content to you, but you disliked it so much that you became engaged with it and took the time to click a, a dislike button. So as far as the algorithms, it doesn't care if it's like or dislike. You touch no, the button exactly. on the screen. So it's going to recommend it to other people because that means you are engaged exactly. and actually watching. So yeah, it's like leave hate comments, hit that dislike button. I, it, it only helps <laughs> long run. Yeah, it really tell only me helps. I suck. Tell me I'm crazy. <laughs> Dislike this video. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. No, I I am sensitive though. So <laughs> low key, I'm sensitive. I understand. I, I can totally understand. <laughs> and there was once years ago uh, when I first started doing YouTube videos, and I know who it is. I'm not going to call it like bust him out. But he like contacted me later on recently, maybe a year ago, and like said, "Hey, I'm the one that made that video. I'm sorry. Um, it just thought it was funny at the time." Uh, but this is like before we were friends, but it was like just a, he like watched a bunch of my YouTube videos and cut out specific things that I would say and put it all together. And we started sharing it uh, essentially to make fun of me because <laughs> I was uh -huh. like repeating myself, like, you know, shouting out a business or just saying the same little intro or something over and over again, kind of like, look how ridiculous this guy is kind of situation. But it's like that actually probably helped my channel more than anything that I was doing. As far as like yeah. self-promotion and stuff like that, I could share my videos in every tarantula group, show little clips, you know, beg people to subscribe or come and watch and stuff like that. But they, you know, it's just another voice that's yelling, hey, come watch my YouTube video. You know, it's like, exactly. Yeah, know, they're they not going to do helped. it. But when he like took these clips and was posting them in these groups and people were laughing and commenting and, and you know, reacting to it, it got more and more people saw it and they were like, wow, this guy's video quality is much better than other YouTubers that I've, I've seen. I'm going to go watch his channel and see what he's actually doing. So it's like you did that to kind of make fun of me and maybe even hurt me, but it actually had the exact opposite effect and was like the best promotion that I could have asked for. Yeah, it's funny how that happens. That's why I went and like commented on the videos of like my AGT performance because I was like, I'm like, if you comment on here, like people would comment oh, this is terrible. And I'd comment back and be like, oh, that's me. I'm so sorry that you think it's terrible. And then they'll comment back and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were going to see that. Like, I yeah. apologize or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. cool. So we had an interaction. You changed your mind about me. Like, it was just a win-win-win. <laughs> I saw some funny meme. It was uh, somebody had, had made a comment on Twitter. Maybe it was a YouTube video about John Mayer. Just like, I hate this guy so much. He needs to die or something like that. And he oh, responded God. back like, wow, I'm, I'm so sorry you feel that strongly about me and my music that you want me to die. And they were like, yeah. oh my God, I'm so sorry. I never thought you would read this. I'm a huge fan. I love you. Would you send me an <laughs> autographed picture? It's like, you can just fuck right off. Like, what are you talking like, about? No, I will not send you an autographed picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's... So when you were doing uh, America's Got Talent, you, you traveled to LA, uh, you, mm -hmm. you get there. I mean, how many other contestants were like in the green room with you? And like, how did they kind of react to the fact you had roaches? <laughs> there was so many and it was crazy because people were like rehearsing and like they were doing these amazing 
dance acts. And like, there was, I met, I met some people who were, I met some people who were doing like legitimate talents and some people kind of like me who were just more doing like shock value kind of stuff. I met like this amazing violin player. He was dancing and doing violin. I was like, you're incredible. Like, should I even be in the same room as you? But there was a ton of different contestants. There was big groups of dancers, like Full dance groups. There was people with like there was like these showgirls with these huge headpieces. There was um, dancers doing like flips and doing all these crazy things. There was singers, magicians. There was a magician dressed up as a gorilla. Oh, wow. There was all kinds of stuff. It was crazy, and I kind of just I was there by myself, so I was just kind of like, oh, like just sitting <laughs> in the corner with my cockroaches and. It was funny because as like the the PAs would like come to get me and stuff, they'd be yeah. like, um, oh, okay, uh, slightly venomous. Are you here? Okay. And do you have your uh, your little friends? <laughs> and I'm like, yep, they're <laughs> in this box. But it was funny because like, I don't, they didn't actually show it on the show, I don't think, but we filmed little segments where I went around to other acts and showed them what I had. I just showed yeah. them the box and they would look inside and be like, oh, you know, <laughs> so that was really fun. It was fun to see everyone like react to them. Like people were very surprised. People were very, very, um, they're like, is there like a hamster in there? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so it was really, it was really cool to be like amongst all these super talented people. And I'm just here with cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, is, that would be pretty. And I'm sure I'm not telling you something you don't know, but even though you didn't like get moved on to the next round, you were on a, a massive platform. You know what I mean? Like, you know, millions of people have seen your act, you know, seeing what you do and, even if they're not mm -hmm. following you on YouTube or they haven't found you on TikTok yet or something like that, inevitably or not inevitably, but possibly at some point in the future, they'll, they'll be scrolling through TikTok and they'll, they'll be like, I recognize that girl. And they'll end yeah. up watching and following and stuff like that. But it's even just the fact that you got your name out there. You know what I mean? Exactly. You represented the yeah. hobby. You saw it. Maybe this show wasn't, you know, you didn't go on to win America's Got Talent with your, with your cockroaches, <laughs> but people know like in the industry now, know that you are you exist that you're out there so if like they, exactly they need that part for another show coming up or you know a, a sitcom or something like that they know who to call like oh there was a gr that girl on america's got talent let's get her in here exactly you know? <laughs> and it was just it was a good experience it was fun i made friends i got to show people like the people who I was hanging out with, even by the end of the the time, they were like, oh, wow, well, the cockroaches are fine. Like, and I, they, you know, people realize like, I, you know, I was showing singers and dancers and everything cockroaches and they're, you know, by the end of seeing them, they're just like, oh yeah, they're fine. And some of the, all the backstage crew people wanted like pictures holding them and <laughs> stuff like that. So it was like, it was just such a good experience, like not only to take my roaches into like, you know Hollywood and you know put them on the big screen and everything but yeah. just to like you know give a give a, a a little sneak peek of this hobby and like what we do and like who we are so yeah. it was overall it was just such a good experience for me and I I would do it again That's awesome. <laughs> if they'll have me if they'll have me next year I will do it again yeah it was kind of hard to tell just because they didn't get extremely close with the the yeah. camera shots but my feeling was that they were death head cockroaches, but then I was like, they could also just be Madagascar, like yeah, cockroaches. I had a like, what were they? Yeah, I had, I did have a death head. 
Um, and then I had a normal hisser and then I had one of the, the shadow hissers, the black ones. And then I had a Halloween hisser. Gotcha. A variety, yeah. a variety okay. Well, that makes me feel, <laughs> I assumed they were all the same. So I was like, no, that's a death I mean, head. I'm I like, well, from this angle, variety. it looks different. <laughs> it's like, oh. but yes, I did have a death head because death heads are so cool. They so, are. but they're fast. So yeah. keeping the death head, like hissers are, you know, pretty slow, but the mm-hmm. death head was like, he would he like hit went inside the tube and wouldn't come out so i just quickly put him away because i'm like i can't he's too fast yeah. like. that's probably one of my favorite i actually it was um it was uh arthur von ambassadors that sent me a what was it they sent me some death heads and some ivory roaches Ooh, i believe and yeah yeah and like the they, I think they sent me another species as well, but it didn't do well for whatever reason. Mm. Uh, they just like they lived long, but they they didn't like start breeding. Uh, the death okay. heads were breeding, and the ivories they just exploded. Like they, I just I had to move them out of an enclosure into a big sterilite tub, and I was like, "You guys are okay. feeders now. Like I can't, you know, get more of you than I can handle." But <laughs> that's like, the good thing about roaches—they're multi-purpose. Yeah. <laughs> but like we ha- had this understanding with my wife. Like she is cool with all the snakes and the spiders and the scorpions, but like her, she draws the line of roaches and mainly it was, it was the, the red runners because they can become invasive where we live. You know, yeah. if one of them were to get out, especially like a pregnant female was to escape and like go somewhere in the garage or into the walls or something, then, then we could have a roach infestation in the house. And she really doesn't want roaches or ants, you know, infesting our house. And yeah, so it's like, she knew that about red runners and, and a few other species and was just like, Across the board, no roaches. And I'm like, well, dubia roaches don't have, like, they need specific conditions that are very much warmer than what we have yes. here. They're not going to be invasive, even if one gets out, you know, but when it dies, it dies. It's not going to be propagating and, and infesting the entire house. But she was just like, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't even want one that, even if it's not going to live longer than its normal lifespan, I don't want to be in the house and see a roach crawl across the floor, like, you know, have yeah. a, a friend or family member over and there's a roach on the wall and then like, <laughs> She's, you know, it would just, she doesn't want to be embarrassed. And I understand that. Exactly. I was like, all right. So I had roaches for a while as feeders. And then she expressed her concern and we went back and forth. And I was like, you know what? We'll compromise. Like you're, you're really giving me a lot of leeway here with all these other animals. So I will respect this. And then they sent me those roaches and I was like, technically they're not feeders. So maybe that I can get away with that. And I kept them for a while. And then she would like, you know, every now and then she comes down and, and hangs out with me down here or just, you know, comes down by herself and just to enjoy looking at everything because it's kind of like going to the zoo and she saw the roaches and was like we talked about it. like you told me no more roaches and i'm like well i didn't buy them they were sent to me and she's like that doesn't matter like <laughs> you know, so yeah i had those cool ivories and those cool death heads and ended up they just all became feeders and it was it was Aww. painful almost because it was like you know they these are expensive like these are some expensive yeah. feeders I'm there like there's these uh roaches on the market now they're these like holographic green jewel toned um roaches and they're selling for like $50 a roach a a nymph like for a baby they're selling for like $50 so (laughs) so yeah when people think I'm like I'll if I'll take an infestation of those like imagine (laughs) your house infested with roaches that cost $50 a piece yeah I even tried to warm her up to like some of the larger roaches that people keep as pets by showing her those yeah I, I, I don't even know how I feel about this. I, 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 
I'm going to say I probably I'm not a fan of it, but it's the uh, have you seen the cockroach jewelry that people make? So it's like no. you have like a big roach. We'll just say death head. I don't know if that's what uh-huh. they actually use, but they'll they'll have the death head and they will get like a safety pin, like a big fancy ornate safety uh-huh. pin, and then a little chain on it. So you would like attach the you know the safety pin to like your the lapel of your jacket, or uh-huh. you're wearing a dress, just somewhere around your heart on your chest or something like that. And then that little chain goes and they super glue it to the back of the beetle or the roach. And then they paint the roach like bright colors and then put like little bedazzled jewels and stuff like that on it, like on the outside. So it's like this like living jewelry. It's like pretty much on a leash, like on a tether, walking around on your chest and like it matches your outfit. It's like, oh gosh, maybe if it was like deceased and you like taxidermied it, that would be cool. No, these are definitely alive. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I would just, I just let them live in their enclosure yeah. in peace. <laughs> yeah, like, part of me is like, they probably don't really feel like the, the paint, especially if it's non-toxic. But then at the same yeah. time, it's like, I don't know that. Like that's yeah, maybe what I want to feel them, like. like to you. Cause yeah. you know, they're pretty reclusive. Like pretty much all cockroaches would rather be like under a log or like bird right. or something. So to have them like chest. out there all the time and they can't get away. Probably yeah. not their favorite thing to do. Right. But I think it comes like from that same trend. Like I don't, I, I feel like it may have been Korea or Japan. I, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not going to like throw any country under the bus, but I remember seeing these uh, like beta fish or like little tiny radiated slider babies oh, pretty much making no. like they were alive, but they would make little keychains out of them. So you'd have oh, like the little no. fish and this like little tiny Oh, you know, kind of globe that you connected to your key ring. So it's like it would maybe live for a week or two before it just died because it wasn't getting fed and didn't have access to oxygen. But it's like, yeah, that's that's sad. So (laughs) messed up that you're like selling live animals as a keychain. (laughs) Yeah, that's a little, that's a little too much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you know, people do crazy things. It's they sure do. (laughs) It's like you could complain about it because that's not cool for us in America, but it's like, in some of those countries, they're eating them. So it's like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. The world is a wild <laughs> place. So, I, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I did want to talk a little bit uh, about, you know, just kind of, I, I know a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I, I know some people are really interested in TikTok because it's like the new YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like a lot of people these days, Instead of creating a YouTube channel, they're trying to be like, well, I, they're going to put, they're placing their bet on TikTok. Like that's going to be mm-hmm. the, the next, the future YouTube or something like that. So like, do you have any insight or, uh, you know, like what, what's your experience been as far as creating a TikTok account and, and getting followers and stuff like that, doing invertebrate content? Yeah, TikTok is actually really good for natural organic growth. I feel like there's definitely a higher chance of having a viral video on TikTok, you know, and there's the algorithm. Once you get a video grabbed by that algorithm, you're golden. Like I have, I have a video, um, that of a little Jerusalem cricket of me saying like, oh my gosh, this bug is so crazy. Check it out. And it's just a Jerusalem cricket, but they, you know, they look a little crazy. And that one got like 2 million views. And it's like on YouTube, your chances of, or Instagram, you know, your chances of getting just 
getting 2 million views instantly is like unheard of. So yeah. there's really good opportunity for organic growth on TikTok. Also on TikTok, you can be more casual. Like I had said earlier, um, you have sometimes I swear, like I'll just take the most random little video and I won't even like hashtag it. Yeah. And that video gets hundred thousand. Oh, it's wow. just, it's very, <laughs> So I would recommend it if you want a place to start. I would really, I would say just do a TikTok is a good place to start because you can, you don't have to have that high production value. You can do clips of you talking, just clips of your stuff. I think if you're wanting to break into making invert content, I think that's a great place to start. And I would encourage anyone who's interested to look into starting a TikTok and just start posting because it's like, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And the more time you spend just wishing that you could do it, wishing that, you know, Oh, I really want to do it. Just do it. Just get out there. Just put your face out there, put your name out there and just go for it because it's like, you really never know what's going to happen. And there's a whole community of people who, who will support you and help you. And I think, um, I think TikTok is a great place to start. So if you're thinking about doing it, do it. <laughs> yeah. The best way to learn is to do. Yeah. Know? I say, just go for it. Yeah. And the cool thing about starting on TikTok is that like, like you said, it's much more casual. You don't have to have the high production value. So you can just use your cell phone, exactly. but in doing so you're going to learn about like how best to light yourself, how to mm-hmm. edit short videos. You're going to learn all the skills that you need to be making long form content on YouTube, but it just, vertical instead of horizontal and and exactly yeah the stakes aren't as high you know you can exactly if you have a flop it's fine just you know focus on the next one and you never know and if something takes off really well and like you know wow people really like when i talk about scorpions you know then maybe you have some information that you can go and then translate over to other platforms and you know you can use once you have established tiktok you know you can use that to link people over to your other platforms as well like you had said in the beginning just making everything cohesive so that you know if they find you on one platform it flows to another and with tiktok there is also the creator fund which you're not going to get rich off of, but you can definitely make a little extra side cash, you know, a little extra money to feed all the animals. So, you know, it's like everything counts, like every penny counts and every view counts. So you can definitely make a little bit on TikTok. It's worth it. And you can get live, you can go live over there, which I like. Yeah. Um, I do love to do the lives. It's really fun. And just no kind luck. of like play around. When I do the, uh, the lives, I, I, I tried to do it three or four times and I kept getting shut down. <laughs> I was just like, really? but I would like, I'd be fine as long as I was talking. And then as soon as I walked over to an enclosure and showed a live animal, it kicked me off and like banned really? me for 72 hours. Huh. Yeah. I wonder why. I mean, this was maybe a year or two ago. So maybe okay. they like changed it, it, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've like been okay. I'm in the creator fund and, and right now my estimated balance is $12 and 55 cents. <laughs> I make <laughs> hey, no you know, money. <laughs> it happens. It, it's like, yeah, I know I cashed out like from the past month, I cashed out like 50 bucks, yeah. but I'm like, I use that 50 bucks and I bought animals to make content with. And I'm like, that's 50 bucks. I wouldn't have had. So, exactly. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for it. I appreciate it. It's just an extra little incentive to create your content. So yeah. Yeah, somebody was uh, talking to me at an expo or something like that and, you know, kept saying like, oh man, you're, you're awesome. You're one of the biggest tarantula creators on YouTube. Like, 
you're a big deal. And I'm like, I'm not because there are people out there that are making TikToks about tarantulas that have more views on one 30 second mm-hmm. TikTok than I do on all the videos on my channel combined. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're getting million, tens of millions of views on some of these videos and sometimes millions of views. It's like, I'm not getting millions of views. I think that my highest viewed video on YouTube, maybe like right around 500,000, you know, it's like, it's not the same. Like it, you, it's a whole different, it's a different type of content and a different audience, but the, you, you can do a lot more. It seems like you can reach a lot further on TikTok. Yes, there is a really good reach. It's definitely, there's the opportunity is there to reach way more than you could reach on any other platform. Like I feel like Instagram is just so hard these days. Like with Instagram, it's like kind of forget it. Like I just use Instagram for my own kind of like enjoyment because getting Instagram famous at this point is just impossible practically. But with the TikTok, it's just, if your consistency is key, I notice when I'm very consistent, the algorithm picks that up. The algorithm, what I like about it is that it does kind of reward things like being consistent for uploading regularly, for following the guidelines, for, you know, using a variety of hashtags and, you know, branching out and doing different things. I notice when I make educational things, they tend to go pretty well. So, um, so I, I think that's pretty nice. I recommend just, um, just doing those short little snippet videos and just really trying to get out of, uh, like get out of the, get out of your head when it comes to TikTok because it's like the people you're reaching, they just want to see a short little thing. So I think it's definitely, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. I think (laughs) back in January, I recorded a bunch of uh, videos for TikTok and, you know, used my cinema camera and a fancy lens and, filmed it, you know, vertically. So it it was kind of in that, uh, you know, already set up that way. Uh And they were just like short 30, 60 second videos that were just educational. Like, uh, did you know this about a tarantula or this is how you take care of Mm -hmm. the species or something like that. And I was like, man, these are really good. Uh, at least they look really good visually and, uh, the information is there. Hopefully these will go. And they didn't, they didn't do well at all. And I was like really frustrated, but I think I'm going to, I mean, I still got the scripts. So I think I'm going to like re-record them just holding my cell phone. And see I think you if they should. do a yeah. lot better. <laughs> I I think as an experiment, just do it. Just yeah, but yeah. exactly and word also, for word, exactly the same. Yeah. Just <laughs> using you, a cell phone. <laughs> using sounds too will will help. Like using like popular sounds. What do you um, mean? Like music? So or? like the audio. So there's like different audios. Like it'll be things as such as like a song. It could be a song, or it could just be like a. Uh, someone had said something funny and then people like lip sync it and say it and do their own thing and tie it into their niche. And that just kind of like really enhances, like enhances your reach. Like for example, there was one that I used recently that it's just like a typing noise. It's like, and it's like, people will be like, Oh, looking up how to da 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 and like say something funny. And I took, I filmed my roach and it was just the sound and it's the roach. And I put looking up how to be less gross <laughs> for all the people who say they're gross. And that like did really well. So it's like, I just simply use like the little, like yeah. the little typing sound, like the roach is like looking up how to be less gross. And that one did really well. Like one of my best videos on there, I was, I got, I had a little silk moss and I like, I held my hand and I held down the little finger and then I just like the little song played and I popped up the finger with the little moth on it. Like I was just like this. And then I went boop 
And that one got a million views. <laughs> wow. That's so wild. <laughs> that's so very you cool. just got to just do stuff. You just got it. Cause you literally, like you had said earlier, you never know. Like something like literally just holding a little moth on your finger. Yeah. A million views. And that'll <laughs> give you like 20 bucks. So, you yeah. know, it's 20 bucks in your pocket and a million people that saw your content. So it's like, you never, never, never know what's going to be popular. You just have to be consistent and just, you know, keep trying. Like, don't give up if something doesn't go well. Because I've had times when, like, I made one that I thought was so funny where, like, I had my my big uh, fat Pac-Man frog. Yeah. And I was like, he's like this big old frog. And he's like this little fat guy. And I, like, made this video, like, where I he, like, bit me and I turned into a frog girl. And, like, I thought it was so funny. And it got like a hundred views. And I was yeah. like, I thought it was so funny because I was doing like the whole like Spider-Man thing where he gets bit by a spider, but I like <laughs> got bit by this big fat frog and like turned into like this frog girl, but no one thought it was funny. Yeah. It just didn't, didn't hit. <laughs> I understand. It didn't. Yeah. So it's just like, you just have to keep trying because you might think something is like, um, you know, going, it's going to be great and it flops. Or, and then the next thing you upload might be the thing that takes off. So it's, yeah. It's just, you know, consistency. It's just like being, you know, okay with thing with failure. With content creation, you have to be okay with failure or else like, you know, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Tarantula Cat does uh, some pretty good TikToks and she's always getting on me. Like you should really focus on that a little bit more and try yeah. these things. And she does a lot of like the lip syncing to like, you know, quotes from like, you know, sound bites exactly. from movies or songs or something like that. She's like lip syncing to it or, you know, whatever. And, you know, showing her pets and stuff. And I, like, I have, I struggle doing that just cause I feel ridiculous. Like, exactly. You <laughs> like just I feel like I'm too old to be doing this. <laughs> you just have to become shameless. Just put that aside and just lip sync to some, you know, some funny things and yeah. throw some tarantulas in there. It's like, it's just, it's a good time and you can duet people too. So like you could go to like one of Kat's videos that's doing really well and then just like do the same thing next to her or you can react to her. Like you could even be like looking at her, like being like, oh my God, like that's crazy, you know? <laughs> I'll just start piggying back off of her successful Yeah, you videos. should do that. That would be so funny. Oh my God. Just don't even tell her. Don't tell her the plan and then just go and just duet her videos and make that your whole channel. <laughs> you're just duetting all her stuff and you're just like, oh yeah. Like I just turned my TikTok into reacting to other invertebrate yeah. creators' TikToks. <laughs> yes, you could. You could. And then that would be I, funny. Yeah, it's it, that's what's fun too. It's like you can interact with people that way. Yeah. And like so so that's fun. Like I've made some where it's like people will be, you know, doing the things where they're holding them badly and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is what you shouldn't do, guys. Don't do this. Or like yeah there's there's a lot of opportunity so i i think you should do it and i think you should definitely do it cat and see what happens i will i'll probably upset her she's like quit it she's like wait why are you doing this what happened i yeah. didn't get the message and part of it is just the the roi the return on investment you know it feels like mm -hmm. uh you know i because i do a lot of cross posting right so i'll make a, a tiktok essentially you know i'll film it mm -hmm. i'll edit it i'll you know I'll upload it to instagram reels and TikTok at the exact same time, you know, like seconds apart from uh -huh. I'll get, you know, 20,000 views on Instagram reels. I'll get like 2000 views or something like that on TikTok or sometimes mm -hmm. a few hundred views, you know, it, so it, it doesn't, 
kind of hit the algorithm the same way and get pushed out. To yeah. That's bunches. why you have to have the consistency. Yeah. But it's also, you know, like I, I look at how many views does a TikTok have to get, you know, to make, you know, $10 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like probably like half a million. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but, and then on Instagram, I only need like 20,000 views or 50,000 views and I, and I make 10 or 20 bucks, you know, or, mm-hmm. and YouTube's even better as far as like what they're paying creators. <laughs> so it's like my effort's yeah. going to go to the platform that's paying me the most, to be honest, yeah. you know, it's like TikTok is, and the thing with Instagram is like, it's not fully monetized yet. So it's like, there's a uh-huh. lot of, most people aren't getting paid for Instagram reels, but mm-hmm. like they kind of go to some people are like, yeah, get into this, you know, we're beta testing this new, whatever it is the t- the, in the reels creator funders. I don't know what, even what it's called. Uh-huh. But yeah. It's like, so you're, you, your first hundred dollars, you could, it's really easy to make a hundred bucks, you know, when if they okay. invite you to do that. I think you only need maybe like 50,000 views and you can do as many reels a day. It's cumulative. You know, it's like, well, you have 5,000 of these views are bonus eligible and, you know, so it, it adds up. But then when you hit that $100 kind of, um, you know, milestone, then the then amount it. they pay you per view <laughs> drops significantly. Oh, so now no. you need like five times as many views to get to 200. And then yeah. five times as many as that, that to get to 300. And like, they'll just say like, oh. we'll pay you up to $8,000, but it's like, you got to have 20 million yeah. views to get $8,000, <laughs> but only like 50,000 views to get a hundred. So it's like, I'm yeah. consistently making a hundred dollars a month on Instagram. Hey, Which, it's something. It yeah, is. I'm not, I'm it actually not up. monetized on Instagram myself, so I don't make anything, but I just yeah. did, I just uploaded my first YouTube shorts today. I've never done the YouTube shorts before, so yeah. we'll see if they take me into the YouTube shorts <laughs> creator fund thing. They have yeah. like a, they're like, we'll pay you up to $10,000 a month. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt it. Like, what do I have to do for that? <laughs> it was frustrating because like November and December, I kept getting emails for both my channels saying like, you're in the, the, the YouTube shorts creator fund. So uh-huh. get this many views and we'll start, you know, you'll, we'll start paying you a little bit. Uh, or I don't even think it was that it was like, you know, they, they just kind of like, well, we have this much money and all these people are in the fund and we'll divvy it out based on views or something yeah. like that. And I did not make, maybe I made like 10 bucks or something on that. And then January, I was like, I'm focusing, I'm taking a break off YouTube and I'm just going to focus on creating reels, TikToks and, and, uh, YouTube shorts. And Uh I was posting like every day, sometimes multiple times a day with short content and didn't, you know, wasn't in the creator fund on YouTube at all. And a couple of those videos did really well. I got like hundreds of thousands of views and it's like, oh, wow. I got like half a million views on this short and I didn't make a penny. That's <laughs> so oh freaking frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like, I would love to be a full-time content creator, but right now it's like so far out of my cards yeah. <laughs> to, to think about, but you know, it's like, that's why every little bit counts. And I have my regular job, which I'm working in retail until I, go crazy and quit <laughs> Take the leap and go full-time content creation. And the, I mean, the yeah. crazy thing is you can make a video tomorrow that just blows up and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you've got tons of followers and can afford to do that. You know, it's, it's exactly. weird how that works. That's why I'm just trying to remain consistent. I'm staying positive. I'm just happy, grateful for everything that I have. I'm grateful for every opportunity. Like, I mean, look at me, I'm on this podcast right now. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> like, this is literally like, uh, it's crazy for me. It's like full circle. Cause I watched you 
from like when I first came into the hobby and now I'm like being interviewed by you on your podcast. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> it's just like, wow, you know, like I'm so grateful for everything that's happening. Oh, well, it's nice of you to say, cause I feel <laughs> anytime somebody's willing to come on the podcast, like, I feel like I'm the lucky one. Like, thank you really? for being willing to do this. Cause I ask people all the time and I get many more no's than I get. Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know how it took me almost a year to get Nate on the podcast. Like when we really? first started out, I was like, come on, man. He's like, yeah, I just can't do it, man. Like I'm nervous. I don't want to be on, Aww. on camera. And I'm like, we will do it without video. We'll just do audio. Aww. He's like, I don't know, man. That's just a lot. You know, it's not everybody is into that, you know? So I, yeah. get, I ask a lot well, of people and, and they're like, yeah, maybe one day, <laughs> not today. Oh, well, I'm glad you got him on there. Nate's great. I just like, yeah. I'm lucky he he lives close to me. So we get to hang out in person and we went to the Renaissance Fair. That was so fun. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So he's super cool. Him and his wife, Natasha, she actually made this necklace I'm wearing. It has a, a molt in it, a tarantula molt. Oh, yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it, but Not it has, it's really. a tarantula oh, yeah, molt. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, we can totally see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, his, his wife made that. Her her Instagram is spell components. Okay. So like a spell, like casting a spell and like yeah. components, like pieces of that. So you can buy her jewelry too. So awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if anybody noticed it, but on the uh the video version of the podcast with Nate, like when we were setting everything up, setting up the cameras and checking the audio levels and stuff like that, as soon as right after we had started recording. Uh, he was having some issues with his audio and she came in and was kind of helping him like, you know, oh. change some settings and stuff like that. So like, I okay. actually, I don't think she said anything. Maybe, maybe she said like a few <laughs> words, but like she was on the camera and while he was oh. talking and back and forth. So like I used that clip at the very end of the podcast, like after the outro, usually there's like a little outtake and uh, I, put, I put that on there. I was like, but he never said anything. So I don't think they actually watched all the way to the end and saw oh. her on there. <laughs> But I was like, one That's day she, she, she's <laughs> going to be like, we'll how the hell was I on the podcast? Like, I didn't want to be on. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of, but it, it's fun. It's fun doing this podcast because you get, I mean, we had, we talked to Coyote Peterson. We talked to Brian Barczyk, uh talked to Dr. Linda Rayer from Cornell University. But then I also get to talk to like Tarantula Cad and you and, and Alex from Tarantula Haven and. You know, so it's oh, it's like yeah, it's a cool great. mix of people um, that are yeah. willing to come on, and yeah, you know, some people nobody's ever heard of, and some of like next week. I'm not saying nobody's ever heard of her, but this is just an example <laughs> of like the you know you, you go from people with millions of subscribers like Brian Barczyk and and Coyote Peterson. Uh, next week, I'm interviewing a tattoo artist, uh, and she also does TikTok and um, uh, you know just social media content. But yeah, like she does some amazing tarantula tattoos and Ooh. Rachel crap i just forgot our last name because i'm my mind's doing three here's different things my tarantula once. tattoo here let me put you on full screen so people can see that <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> i've got a scorpion very I have cool. a cockroach on my leg i have a really cool cockroach let's see if i can show you okay <laughs> for those listening to the podcast she is putting her leg up there's a cockroach and a bee <laughs> yeah if you're listening in i just showed my cockroach tattoo on my leg so just ima imagine it with your with your brain it's very colorful there's like a pink background yeah, yeah it's, it's cute <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh the next guest is is rachel marie are you familiar with okay. her yeah i'm not no, no? i have to look her up oh yeah you totally should she, she does some some i think she's it was right around 200,000 followers on TikTok. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she does a lot of, a lot of, uh, invert content, 
but you know, oh, nice. it was like, so that was part of the reason I wanted to talk to her, but also because she's a tattoo artist and does some, just seen some of her photos on Facebook and, and an Instagram, of some of her work. And it's like, it's very realistic tarantula tattoo that you're, oh, you're wow. doing. Oh, wow. I have to look at that. Yeah. And she doesn't live too far from me. I think she's just a couple hours away. So Ooh, you got to go. You better get there. That's, that's the, I'm, I'm going to have her on the podcast. I'm going to talk to her and see if I can <laughs> manipulate the situation to where she'll give me a free tarantula tattoo. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. We'll, we'll do it as cross promotion. Deduct it off your taxes. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't gotten a tattoo in probably 20 years. Oh, yeah. I just got tattooed yesterday. Yeah, it's looking like, pretty bright. I'm in pain. <laughs> it looks good. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're out there in, in San Diego. Is that correct? Yeah. Can I say that? That's okay. right. Yeah. So not too far from L.A. Do you ever go no. like, do you ever, do you ever do what Nate does and like, you know, go out into the wilderness and, and look for invertebrates like in the desert or braving the coyotes? No. No, not stay really. Away. I don't really go out in the wilderness. I don't, I'm like, I'm act too accident prone. I feel like something would happen to me out there, but I'm always looking for stuff like in the yard. And as I go for walks around, I'm always like, I'll find cool beetles or like, I love to plant. Like I have like my poppies for the, the bumblebees in the backyard yeah. and I planted some milkweed for the butterflies. So nice. I like the natural diversity. San Diego's like it's desert. So we have a lot of, we have a, we have a lot of diversity here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost went to college in San Diego <laughs> when Ooh. I was applying to schools. I was like one of the first places I got accepted. Uh, but I looked at how much it costs to live there and was like, there's no way I can afford that. <laughs> so I imagine Hence why becoming a content creator is kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure, I mean, I was, I was debating like uh, I could stay in my hometown, which was Huntington, West Virginia and go to Marshall university where I, at the time I was renting an apartment. It was like, a, it was a crappy apartment at that, you know, but it was like a one bedroom garage apartment, an apartment above a garage. It was dilapidated. The garage itself downstairs didn't even have a concrete floor. It was like dirt floor, you know? So if it rained, oh I could smell wet earth coming through uh. the entire apartment, <laughs> but it was like 200 bucks a month. It was so cheap, you know? So it was oh, like, wow. yeah, and I then tuition was like $1,200 a semester for in-state oh, tuition, in-state in town. Uh, and then I was looking at, san diego state or something like that and it was mm -hmm. you know i was like the studio apartment was two thousand dollars a month yeah <laughs> and like tuition was like 20 grand a year or something i was yeah. like that's like 10 times you know anything that i have to pay at the moment so i'm not gonna do this <laughs> yeah yeah i feel that <laughs> so yeah it kind of turned me off uh to, to ever living in california <laughs> so. yeah i can i i understand <laughs> <laughs> but like even now uh i i, I probably mention this but I, west virginia is a wonderful place it's a beautiful place to live there's tons of nature tons of cool stuff to do and like my mortgage is 350 dollars a month <laughs> i mean oh. it's like i have <laughs> an entire house and that's how i don't have to pay oh, more than that it's like i remember living in daytona i was paying like uh right around a grand for a one-bedroom apartment and it's like yeah for that i could i could own two houses in west virginia <laughs> But actually, I was talking to, I did a podcast with DC uh, CB Exotics. He's based out of Vermont, New Hampshire. One of those. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, I think it was, I don't remember. New England. He's up north. Uh, and he was thinking of moving to like North Carolina or Virginia or something like that. And I was telling him about West. I was like, man, you should come to West Virginia. Like the housing's cheap. Uh, and there's a lot of it, a lot available because everybody's moving out of state. And 
and that's like if, if you're looking for metropolitan life this is not the place for you you know but if you if you're just looking for space and low cost this would be great and he actually hit me up the other day and was like actually we're thinking about moving to west virginia can you give me some some i know good maybe i'll come in too. <laughs> i was like heck yeah <laughs> So I was suggesting places that were kind of neat, like within driving distance of for me. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I can always go visit and hang out. He's yeah, like a cool perfect. guy. Got <laughs> Just a bring good everyone mixture. out there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll turn we'll turn West Virginia into a tarantula haven. <laughs> yeah. We've got we've got some cool uh tarantula dealers out here, like tie-dyed tarantula. I don't know if you're familiar okay. with them. They're uh-uh. they're not close to me. Like I'm in northern West Virginia, near Pittsburgh, and they're like southern West Virginia what would that be near uh, like near the virginia line like to the state of virginia and west virginia where it kind of splits but so i mean it's like a five six hour drive for me but you know that's still it's within the state but they they yeah. have a, they have a cool brick and mortar shop and they it's like a two stores in one so they're selling tie-dyes and they're also like tie-dyed shirts and blankets and you know, they do all kinds of really cool tie-dyed and then oh. the back room is all tarantulas <laughs> oh wow amazing yeah <laughs> so it's like it's cool that a, sm- a small business like that that's so niche you know like how many people out there are, are actively searching for tarantulas or for tie-dyes and then they're in west virginia which is one of the they're smallest ready for states either one. <laughs> and they're in like princeton which is like one of the smaller towns so they're like a small town in a small state with a small niche and they're th- they're doing well you know what i mean like yeah they just moved to a new nice. location bigger location so it's awesome wow. that, yeah, okay. it's, it's like the That's community cool. supports them. So, you know, and they do online sales and stuff as well, but okay. it's just, it's cool. It's, it's awesome. I, I enjoy living here. I've lived all over the country and uh, I always end up coming back to West Virginia and then like sometimes regret it. Like, you know, you miss, like there's no good uh, Vietnamese restaurants around here, but <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy my Thai and my Vietnamese. Oh, and, I love and, Thai. You know, it's. <laughs> Yeah, but you sacrifice that and, but I can like, you know, like I go on vacation a lot or I say vacation, but like essentially my wife and I are like, we're going to the mountains for the weekend. <laughs> it's like, we're going somewhere where there's no cell surface. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, rent, rent a cabin and go out by the lake and just to hang out in nature and, and relax and kind of unplug, which is nice. very important. And it's so easy to do, you know, it's not like I got to drive 10 hours to go to the yeah. lake. It's like here, here it's like pretty hard to get away yeah <laughs> i mean i could almost drive any direction and within an hour i, I would have a bar of service you know it's like oh god yeah nice. no not here not here <laughs> yeah yeah man california is crazy i remember when we went out it there is. it was like i oh, got so lost and so turned around and i remember at one point i was like i'm not exactly sure where we are i'm following the gps in this rented car and then i see a billboard that said something like compton's best liquor store something like that i'm oh, like god. Oh crap. <laughs> yeah, you're like, turn around. I listen to NWA and Snoop Dogg. I know what's happening here. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was funny. No, no, it was uh, it was Compton's best trial lawyer or something like that. It was like oh. a, this weird billboard and I'm like, yeah, there's bars on all the windows. I was like, I don't I don't know. Kate's like, just fall, just go, you're fine. <laughs> it was funny. But yeah, you don't have that so much in West Virginia. It's like oh gosh, yeah. But it's you know whatever. It's it's different. <laughs> it, it has it definitely has its downsides. That's for sure. But yeah, so you're you're. I'm not going to ask how old you are, but what? I'm 29. Okay, <laughs> just turned 29. <laughs> I was trying to avoid being rude. What, what, what my question was like leading to was like, do you have a background, like an educational background in invertebrates, or like? 
No. Uh, what, what what was like what was your your path like you were like you know you're a kid you're graduating your high school you're like I'm, I'm gonna go to school or i'm gonna go learn this trade or i'm gonna go work at this business like you kind of have like a, a trajectory that you see your life going like what what was that tra- tra- trajectory and was it invertebrates or, or like how did how did that like kind of coalesce yeah no for me it was really acting I was trying to pursue acting I went to performing arts school in middle school and high school and then I moved up to LA to pursue acting but um it's really hard and it didn't really end up working out so I ended up working in a hair salon and then in a restaurant and um then I ended up coming back to San Diego for when COVID happened everything kind of fell apart and so I'm back here still doing a little acting but acting was the was the goal (laughs) I could totally see you as an actress. That would, <laughs> that just seems it's to really fit your fun. personality. And you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I love yeah. it. I do love it, but it's just, um, it's really hard and you have to like want to eat, sleep and breathe it to be successful. And I kind of like don't. Yeah. So I, it's, I'm more focused on my content creation, but I still yeah. do a little bit of it here and there and I still love it. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah. I tried a little bit of acting when I was in, uh, high school, middle school and high school, but it was not, I never had the passion to be an Uh actor or to perform in that manner. It was more of a, uh, it was the same reason I learned to play the guitar. Like I just had a real hard time talking to people and meeting girls. And it's like, I learned to play guitar and you're like the, the, the white guy with the guitars and in the hallway, the school's singing, you know, matchbox 20 songs or whatever. Yeah. Girls were like swooning, uh, play Uh a little bit of Dave Matthews or Jack Johnson at a party. And they're like, Oh, I like this guy. And I didn't have to like, break the ice and talk to anyone like it it would make them approach me and talk to me uh and it was a similar thing with like i was always in music you know i was in band and symphony and and all that kind of stuff and had a crush on this girl and she was in show choir and was like you should uh we need guys in show choir you should try out i was like i don't i don't like to sing and dance (laughs) like i'm not gonna do that and she's like well i'm gonna be in it and so and so and so and so and it's like you know these girls that i like so i was like me and my buddy were like okay like this is there's they're saying there's no guys and we're going to be going on these massive long bus trips and stuff to competitions. Like we're going to spend a lot of time and there's costume changes. So it's like in the middle of the performance, you run behind the bleachers or whatever behind the set and quickly disrobe and put on new clothes. I was like, we'll get to see them in their underwear. Like let's, let's be in show choir. <laughs> oh my God. And then from that, that some of them were like, uh, well, we're going to be in this play and we need some guys to audition. You should. So I think I was in musicals and stuff in high school. But it was, it was, it wasn't because I had a love for the theater. It was, I just liked girls and that was like a way to be around girls. Uh, It is a a woman dominated thing. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't mean to insult you there. I'm sorry. My phone is starting to die. So I might take off soon. Yeah. Well, we need to wrap it up anyways, because we are at the two hour mark. I'm ready for some lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And I have offended you. So I apologize. No, no, no. no. I say hair people in, in hair are, are trouble and you're like, well, my phone's dying. It's been no, nice talking to no. you. <laughs> no, I, I was a receptionist, so I only had to answer the phone. So I wasn't really in hair and also okay. I am trouble. So it's all good. <laughs> I mean, you have red hair. How can you not be trouble? That's <laughs> exactly. And I shaved my head. So. Yeah. What was that? I, I didn't want to bring that up unless you did. Cause like you, you had this, this beautiful long red hair. And then one day you posted, I think it was on Instagram, something like uh-huh. I, I cut my hair, I shaved my head yeah. and I don't know how I feel about it and I'm just going to leave it at that or something along those lines. And yeah. I was like, wow, 
So what 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 brought that on? Why why did you decide to do that? Well, I just wanted to um, get rid of, like, you know, the beautiful hair didn't look so beautiful in person. It was pretty, like, dried up and crusty. So I wanted my natural hair color back, and I wanted to stop dyeing my hair. I'm really low maintenance. Like, I don't really do makeup. I put makeup on for this, but I don't normally, like, do makeup or anything and don't do hair. But I wanted to just kind of go ahead and... um start fresh. Yeah. And I just thought like, I've always wanted to shave my head because how cool is that? I can say <laughs> shave my head. It's just something I can have forever. Like just a memory. <laughs> how cool is that? Huh? <laughs> it's so cool. But, um, yeah. So I just, I just took my hat off to... and showed her my bald head. <laughs> so I have some hair back now. It's been like seven weeks. Yeah. So I have some hair. Yeah. But, um, kind of got that pixie thing. I don't know. Going. I just wanted to do it. I right just, on. Like, and I'm really happy I did. It just, it's just so like liberating to not feel like you are attached to your hair and like you need hair. And all oh, that. yeah. I 100% I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So totally. I didn't have a choice. It just started falling out when like my junior year of high school, it's like, uh oh, I'm losing my hair. <laughs> now it's we don't need hair yeah it's like it's just society tells us we need like long yeah. luscious hair but it's like no and the hair my i mean mine will grow back and i'll have pretty hair again but and yeah. i realize all the people that were like oh why'd you shave your head like you you shouldn't have done that i'm like well i don't like you <laughs> right yeah i think it looks cool so don't hate me thank you <laughs> but oh, i no. i remember uh, at my wedding my best man was uh i got my hair cut and he was like, dude, you just got to let it go. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just quit. Just shave your head. Like you're more bald than you are. Like you're getting, you're getting ripped off with these haircuts and you look ridiculous. Just start shaving it. And I'm like, no, no, I still have it. It's like, from my perspective, you don't. <laughs> so from that moment on, like after the wedding, I was like, all right, we're just going to be shaving it now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but it yeah, is low maintenance. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't change who you are as a person. And mm -hmm. You it's do. Like, I do have to worry about sunburns on the top of my head now, though. That was not something I, yes. <laughs> I ever worried about. Head sunburns are the worst. Yeah. yeah. They are. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. It's been awesome talking so to you. Fun. And thank you so much. And thanks for thank filling us so in much. about everything that happened on America's yes, Got Talent. It was so fun. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. I should have charged my I charged my phone, but I guess it just used a lot of battery. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It sucks them dry. Because you're using Wi-Fi yeah. and video and audio and everything. And yeah. yeah, I don't want I don't want us to get caught off here, but just so everybody can uh Follow you on TikTok, on Instagram, mm -hmm. and on YouTube, all Slightly yes. Venomous. So just type That's in Slightly me. Venomous. You will find her. There will be links to all of her social media down below in the show notes. Uh, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, that'll be in the description. So just click show more underneath the video. You'll have access to all of her stuff. So follow, like, watch, all that cool stuff. Show some support to Slightly Venomous. Uh, Thank you. Great representative to the hobbies. Thank you so much for, you know, for, for even going on America's Got Talent and being... <laughs> a good uh ambassador for what we are trying to do here that was very cool thank you. you yeah it was fun it was fun i just i had such a good time and i've just everything i've gained and i just appreciate everything awesome well it, it's awesome <laughs> to hear gratitude and, and humility from a content creator so you, you are awesome in my book so thank you, thank so, you much. so much and thank you to everybody that's listening if you are on apple podcast don't forget to give us that five-star review follow if you're on spotify or whatever platform you're on like follow some uh, review and and subscribe or whatever that is uh we really appreciate it and uh yeah the all your links to everything down below in the show notes and i will see you all next week with a brand new episode of the exotic pet collective with rachel marie tattoo artist 
for the tarantula people. I guess that's probably not how she would want to be introduced. <laughs> but anyways, thank you all so much, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. You good? I'm good. All right, cool. So fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming I on. I guess, yeah, it just sucked a lot of battery. I just got the notification for 5%. So oh, geez. We perfect. We really pushed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to let you go. And uh, yes, I'm going to go charge my phone. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank okay, you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.